Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, take it out, take it out. Okay, yeah, oh, suck it nice and slow. <laughs> Couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. What did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, take it out, take it Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hey, hey, uh, Taylor. Hey, Taylor, you're back. I am back. You're not sick anymore? No, um, I'm, well, I'm always sick. You just got Bob sick. I didn't get Bob sick. You got Dr. Bob Roberts sick. I did not get a doctor sick. He said that he got it from you. Well, listen, that's, obviously he's going to say that. Why would he? Because make, he's. Oh, come on. So why would a, he make something up like that? That's offensive. Oh, that's something. Oh, that's totally outside the realm of possibility. So, for Bob, he's gonna make so some shit. Taylor, up. how are you feeling being uh, two weeks uh, removed from your pneumonia diagnosis? All right, Roger Daltrey. Um, I felt honestly for as being as sick as I was, this was great. Not talking to you two fucks for the long for a long time. That's true. Nah, um, I am happy to be back in the studio. Uh, it's just I was I got so stir crazy because I was just cooped up literally for two weeks. Yeah, honestly, if I'm stuck home for that that long. Long, sick. I'm probably just gonna kill myself. I watch so many fucking movies. I watch I'll so. I'll put a mo- fucking hose in my mouth and then <laughs> tape it and then put it to my fucking car exhaust and <laughs> say, take mom and dad for a stop ride. Well, dad posting that, went for a stop ride. posting that picture <laughs> everywhere. Why? Because it's like because I'll just be scrolling Instagram. Next thing I know, I just I will, see from, like all blown up summer. and shit, fucked up, man. All right, guys, welcome to episode seventy-two. You watch, I listen. Hello. Uh, we got Taylor back in the fold. Yes, we got I Josh am. the engineered house in his double quarter pounder right after he spilt his. I'm assuming Coca-Cola all over his uh, keyboard, which is working now, but will not be working tomorrow. To be fair, he got me a, he got me a quarter pounder, and that yeah, shit didn't last some long. McChickens. Dug it. Um, so why don't we get this out of the way right away? Guys, it's NFL season. MLB playoffs are in full swing, and NBA preseason starting up this week. And this is your opportunity to make some money betting on the sports you love and watch. And there's only one place you should be betting, Taylor. Do you know where that is? Uh, can I guess? Take a guess. I think it would probably be at Bet Motherfucking DSI. Yes, and there's one reason. There's it's multiple reasons why you should choose Bet DSI. What? Don't talk during live reads, cocksucker. Sorry. You're in trouble. Go to the corner and fucking nap. He's fine. <laughs> I, that, that's nice for him taking a nap. To be fair. 
There's a reason why people choose BetDSI, and that's because BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years. BetDSI is our top-rated on betting, on betting review sites. It gives you the chance to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash on all the sports you love to watch. They have an extremely yes, user... Oh, my God. Come on, you got it. Don't talk over the fucking live read. I should talk during it. Uh, <laughs> BetDSI has a very user-friendly interface and mobile site. They have the fastest payouts in the industry. It's simple. You play, you win, and you get paid. And beyond just the sports you love, you can bet on politics uh, every sport out there boxing UFC MMA WWE reality TV esports virtually everything I dig that that's cool you can try live betting as well where you could bet on individual things happening in the game the score at the end of the quarter the coin toss every play and every minute until the end and new members at BetDSI will get a 100% bonus match by using promo code YWIL. That's more than double your money to start winning instantly. Taylor and I play there ourselves, and we recommend BetDSI if you want to add some excitement to the sports you love or any other sports you're watching. Damn right. So once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code YWIL for this limited time 100% bonus offer and a free $25 wager to test the waters. And I highly recommend making your deposit instantly to take advantage of that 100% bonus match offer. It's one of the best offers out there, so you can double really down is. instantly and take advantage of that free $25. So don't miss out and go make some extra cash this betting season. You take that 25 bucks, you do a 14 parlay, you turn 25 into 500 real quick. And kill yourself. Well, no, don't do that. Oh, sorry. Because you want to spend the 500 then That's kill true. yourself. Yeah, if you, if you kill yourself, you can't it's, bet it's with BetDSI It's order of operations. Fair, fair. I'm terrible at math. So before we go into my next live read, Actually, we'll do the, we'll do the reason. We'll go back to that. But sure, sure. So we have uh, some words from our homies at the hashtag Shots for Likes podcast. Now, guess what, bros and broads? That? Fudge and Finch hashtag Shots for Likes podcast is bringing video into the mix. Not only can you continue to listen on Google Play, iTunes Music, Spot, I, Wow, Spot Afi, <laughs> iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, you will now be able to stream their episodes every Saturday night after 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Your favorite boost-consuming podcast will be discussing sports, video games, and embarrassing drunken stories, streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Visit the links below and watch the uh, watch and enjoy the assholery. Don't visit, there's not below, twitch.tv slash Shots for Likes Podcast. I'm a little rusty. Mixer.com slash Shots for Likes Podcast. Rusty hook. <laughs> That's the one. Okay. Rusty, rusty, rusty nail. Yeah, rusty nail. Put it in your ass and then your mouth. Tetanus. Uh, mm. Visit shotsforlikespodcast.com and click on the YouTube icon up top to watch on YouTube. And as always, drink with us and don't be cunts. Guys, if you have a product, a podcast, anything out there that you want to let people see and you're thinking about advertising, you should be calling Lobo Sound. Yeah, if you right. need a website for that, you should be calling Lobo Sound. And that's because Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish have made Lobo Sound a fixture in Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound isn't limited to just Chicago. <sighs> Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito, California. Wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo Sound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach, when you want, on all devices and applications. For more information, call Lobo Sound at 630-244-9704. Again, that's 630-244-9704. Or visit them at lobosound.com. Mention you watch, I listen, and get a 10% discount. So go to www.lobosound.com or call them at 630-244-9704. Absolutely. Go visit right. our homies over so at Lobo Taylor, Sound. Um, 
we I had just, a bit we, of a conundrum. We were just talking about bet DSI and yes. how great they are and how simple the payouts are and the betting system. And the customer service. You had a pretty bad uh, online betting experience this week because you said you saw one of those offers. It was like, hey, get this free thing. Not as good as bet DSI's, but nope. just get this you know, free $20 to bet. Yeah. And you said, all right, so, I'm going to double down on my deposit. Yeah, fuck I'm it. Why place not? place a parlay. And what happened? So essentially, what it was is um, the 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 biggest sports books, at least in our area, because we are in New York, New Jersey, are going to be bet. Uh, uh, excuse me, DraftKings and FanDuel. So sure. William Hill is huge around here too. William Hill. Is William huge. Hill actually just got yeah. yeah. I just noticed that yeah. a lot more. So I decided, you know, I've. I use a, a bunch of different sports books because some don't have certain things. Bet DSI being my primary, and I decided, you know what? I haven't given I haven't given DraftKings its time of day. Let me let sure. me. You get the free offer when you sign up for yeah, the first fuck time. It. Why sure. not? Like what? I'll do that. Sure. But do it at Bet DSI, and I'll tell you why. So um, they have no problem. Um, Taking taking my Are you money. Implying that a company that's for profit has no problem taking your money. So they took my money. Wait wait wait. How they, much did I, they take from you? They took about one hundred and twenty dollars. Nice. Or around one hundred to one hundred twenty-five dollars. They take my money. They take my deposit. They take my bet. Not only do I win said bet, right? When I go to claim the money, how much did you win? I won about three fifty-four. Okay, nice, nice. So it's a nice little three-team. Sure, uh, it sure. was a six. Six. Go to your new overspending habit that you have from your near-death experience. Yeah, well, we'll, 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 we'll touch base. I'm looking right at a thousand-dollar okay. purchase I made. Yeah. Uh, so I, I go to claim it, and they're like, "Yeah, we can't confirm your identity." And I go, that just doesn't make any Trust sense. Me, I'm confirming my identity sucks. I go, listen, I just had my identity stolen about three months ago, and they gave it back. So like, I'm trying to figure out why all of a sudden you can't figure out who the fuck I am when Fanduel knows who I am. No yeah, problem. Sure. When Bet DSI called me and thanked me for yeah. joining the website and asked if you had any issues and anything any problem they could help you with. Sure. And this is and this is what I'm talking about. Is uh, there it's is grimy? There is no there. There was uh, there still is no phone number. To reach out to DraftKings yeah. and try to rectify a situation. It's all done through email. Yeah. Now, email works. When, sure. if, um, well, email, this is where email works, in my experience, right. is when you get a reply. Exactly right. <laughs> I received work if no one replies. I received no reply. Not only did they they reactivated a DFS account mm -hmm. that I had six years ago uh -huh. when gambling wasn't even legal in Jersey, yeah, well, and when they were still like figuring out credits. When they didn't, shit. they didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. So they're like. Oh yeah, you're good to go. And I go on, all my stuff is gone. I go, well, that's not true. So it turned into I me. I guarantee you, they still had your credit card information. Hundred percent, still did because sure. it showed up on my fucking sure. uh, thing. So now, uh, now I'm arguing with them over Twitter because that's the only way to really get through to some of these. Yeah, well, these companies, some of these companies don't want the now. bad uh, press. They don't want the bad coverage, especially if it gets a few uh, likes and retweets. Well, and I, so I do want to give a shout out to uh, two homies in the room, a couple other homies that um, aren't here right now, um, for helping me reach out and having DraftKings yeah. reach out to me. Now, to be fair, they did do right by me. They gave me another hundred dollar okay. free play. Um, well, but as soon as that's gone, all my shit is out, and it's going right back to Bet DSI. Phone number indicates to me they have about four people running customer service, and I'd imagine if you had that issue, there was a lot of other people having that issue, which would explain the lack of. Um, uh, Response prompt, time. Prompt, it took promptness. two days. There was no promptness to your to them replying to you. That's my guess. It's probably just fucking four poor college interns that are making ten dollars an hour just Maybe. answering people's stupid tweets. Probably even unpaid internships where it's like, all right, well here we'll do this, True. we'll do this. But at the end of the day, listen, they did do right by me. But the moral of this story is, Stick listen, with Bet DSI. go to Bet DSI because <laughs> listen, and here's the truth, and and 
just they're going to call you if if they're going to pay you. They're going to pay you when you want to get paid if, for your winnings. If Bet DSI and I had this issue, not only would not only would they have been on the phone with me within for, within ten to fifteen minutes, they would have solved it in even less time than it took them to call in you. five fucking minutes. Exactly, and it would have been no problem. So. Kids, everyone who is using a sports book, please use BetDSI. Promo code YWIL. Yeah, please absolutely sure, use it. Dude, They're the most I'm reputable you, company out there today. I'm telling you, the biggest mistake people make when they sign up on these things is only taking that free $25. And I get that if you've never bet before, but make a deposit, man. Just 100%. taking that 100% bonus match. Dude, you, don't it's crazy. To, you don't have to bet all of it right away, but if you put down 50 bucks just to fucking have that 100% match is worth it. Listen, if, if you know... A, a, a fraction of the amount of sports that me, Dan, or yeah, Josh sure. know, you have the ability to double your money very, very easily. Yeah. And, and not to mention, once you once you start doing it, you're gonna. This is fun. Yeah, it's a it's lot, a lot of, fun. of fun. Um, all right, why don't we get into our reviews from last week and then our picks for this week? Because uh, we got Jack Posobiec from One uh, American News Network I calling in again. Wait. That's gonna be cool. Um, uh, returning guest, first returning guest, really, besides our friends. Um, okay, uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, or sure. You want me to go first? Uh, you know, let me go first sure, because uh, you haven't been here in a bit. Yeah, you've had center stage sure. for a while. Um, and I gave you uh, George A. Romero's Day of the Dead, and just uh, about a month ago, I gave you George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and this was the follow-up, the conclusion of the original Dead trilogy. So, okay, so um, which one? You, you, which, you've put Land of the Dead. Yes, I gave you Day of the Dead. You gave me Day of the Dead. So I watched Land of the Dead. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Wait, which one did I buy? Hold on, because I did buy it. No, I bought Day of the Dead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I did buy. That's the one I did watch, but I just wrote Land of the Dead. My okay. Because I, I, I do like Land of the Dead too. It's good, but it's not as good as it. So <laughs> you, please, please go on. Okay. So you, so you gave me Day of the Dead. Yes. Um. Okay. So this is probably the. Careful, Josh. Don't do it again. Jesus, Josh. You're a fucking mess. Um. So, so this is actually probably the best zombie movie you've given me so yep. far. Um. And a lot of it had to do with the one, zo- the one smart zombie. Bob. Bub. 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 Yeah. Fantastic. Bob was fucking cool, man. Um. The, the Doctor Frankenstein. I don't. Logan. Uh, Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah. He was cool. Um. He was a little out there, but he, yeah. He was well, like, he's one of the few times when like uh, there's a doctor that's fucking weird, but like he's on to something. Figure out what to do. Yeah. And I told I told you a dawn. Aren't we all though? I t- yeah, true. I told you at Dawn of the Dead that it, um, and Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead was about um, class racism at the time in the Vietnam War. Dawn of the Dead was about mass consumerism as malls were coming around the country. And Day of the Dead is about uh, military and the overextent of the military arm. Um, and nothing in this movie represented that better than <coughs> the antagonist of the film, uh, Captain Rhodes. Captain who Rhodes, I told okay. you, was a tremendous, a tremendous, tremendous douche. Now, here's another fun tidbit for you tied into Dawn of the Dead. Do you okay. remember when uh, they were first leaving the news station in Dawn of the Dead? Yes, and those cops showed up. That they like looked. They're asking for cigarettes. Right, right, right. One of those cops was Captain Rhodes. Now the the belief is that his character in Day of the Dead is the same character from Dawn of the Dead because there's little things in there. If you remember, the the black guy in Dawn of the Dead called the the helicopter pilot Flyboy. Mm-hmm. What did Captain Rhodes call the helicopter pilot in Day Flyboy. of the Dead? Flyboy. Yeah. So it's one of those wow. things to see the disintegration from Dawn of the Dead when it was all kind of starting to take over to the Day mm-hmm. of the Dead when it is taken over. Didn't think of that. Let me ask you something. Sure. This is a, this is a bit of a deep cut, and I could be wrong, but I should have looked it up. Is Captain Rhodes the seed from the league? Is that the same guy? No, no, that's not. That's it not looks, the seed. It looks, I know it does a little bit. He actually just passed away recently. That are they actor. really? Damn. Um, yeah, he is uh, one of my favorite move like horror movie villains that yeah. isn't uh, of the you know like a Freddy Krueger type. Well, okay, so because he seems very very uh, justified in his actions and obviously in his skepticism because sure. like but like when you go in that way when they went in Doctor Frankenstein's fucking th- uh, lab yeah. and you see there's just body parts well, everywhere. And it's the body shit parts up. of the guy. Go- of, of his 
soldiers. were killed. Yeah, yeah. So and then I he was under- feeding the bub. I can understand his anger. Um, but he, so it, it felt justified. Sure. Um, there was one sequence that came full circle. Um, when Rhodes comes in, there's and they're, they're showing Bub and Bub and Bub goes and, and salutes him. Yeah, yeah. Which was fucking crazy yeah. to me, by the Bub, way. Bub doing that was cool when he's listening to the music with his yeah. headphones on. Gives him the gun. He points the gun and he, and he oh you hear the click and yeah. you're like, oh, okay, he something's something's gonna happen. And then uh, when uh, what the hell's her name? Jane? No, Sarah. 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 Jane. Yeah. Was fucking Tarzan? Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, when uh, her boyfriend lets ev- all the zombies yeah, into the yeah, bunker, yeah. and they're all they're running around, all the zombie mm-hmm. guys are getting fucking torn apart, and then these roads running around. Now Bub's following him with a gun. Yeah, yeah. Right? And he's trying to get away. And he's shooting him and he's shooting him and he's like, "Oh, there's a door. I got it." He opens the door and to all the, the hands, zombies, just like the opening shot where she has her dream yeah. and the hands come out and he screams. And he opens, so the door opens and you see all the zombies and you see all the hands, right? And you see Bub just shoot. He, tur- he screams and he turns around and then Bub is right there and Bub straight shoot, forward. Dude, pop. Shoots him right, shoots him in the gut, so yeah. he doesn't kill him. And then as soon as he's getting ripped apart, you just he salutes him, and he's screaming, and, and Rhodes is screaming, choke on it, choke, choke on it to the zombies. And I love that he salutes him as he's getting eaten. Bub was awesome. He dude. was fucking great, Bub. dude. It was and, so good. There's there's certain other things in the movie. You know what's funny? This was when the this movie came out. It was viewed as the worst in the Dead Trilogy. That's the not true Dead at Trilogy. all, bro. Well, th- this was the thing. There was my was favorite certain, one. There were certain things in Dawn of the Dead that were so popular. The satire. It was more humorous and lighthearted. Definitely. This one was very dark. It actually had probably the least amount of zombies when it comes to screen time when you think about it. But the whole point of the movie was that the biggest enemy to the surviving humans were themselves. They literally did what the zombies eventually did and they tore themselves apart from the inside. For sure. And then of course I would be remiss if I didn't mention how insane the gore in this movie was. Yeah, how was, realistic it was. It was it, like especially coming off of being sick and like the seeing guy's shit head like that. as he's screaming and you hear his voice start going high pitch. It was weird because John, like the John Goodman looking guy that's the douchebag. He was such an asshole. He like, was really good too yeah he, yeah he was such a hateable character but uh no man uh i actually really enjoyed this movie this is probably my favorite out of all of them nice um and even still i like looking at like what i gave it initially like that's very wrong i gave it a six out of ten initially but i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that up to about a to an eight okay fair because i, I, I feel like you would like this that. one because there's something a little more human about it and yeah. because of being able to see the characters bub, as they're tr- yeah bub I mean, puts it over bub the top is one of me. my favorite horror characters ever. so good um okay yo uh, like real quick and sure. I, I apologize because i just started this and i actually wrote it down sure, before please. So Bub is like Frankenstein's monster because he calls him Doctor sure. Frankenstein, yeah. and I love how he loses his shit after uh, Rhodes gets blows after him Rhodes, away, yeah. and he freaks out. And he's you like, "You must listen to me." Yeah, right, Captain. You must listen to oh, me. Oh, like the fucking Frankenstein from uh, what was it, uh, Van Helsing? Whoa, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking, no, but not so, like that was just that's a beautiful because th- it's Frankenstein's monster yeah, essentially. This is but, the guy that was training him, and yeah. making him listen to music and teaching him, you know, rewarding oh, so him as good, well. Dude. I love I mean, it. The scene where Sarah first see, uh, walks into the lab and the one zombie leans over and his guts just pour out yeah. she has the dream of her boyfriend leaning over and the same thing happens there's so many great visuals in this movie the opening scene when they're just going down to Florida and you see the newspaper it says the dead walk the dead walk I yeah, want right. that framed so badly you could probably find some I, jerk off I, making it on Etsy I thought it was like Alan Rickman for a second hello the gorillas actually have a song where they sample that over the beat where really? is there anybody alive out there probably the gorillas are great <laughs> or right. it's just the one guy really alright so now to the album you gave me uh, GBH or Uncharted uh, was it Charge GBH is what they're also known as, but just famously GBH. known as GBH. Uh, City Baby Attacked by Rats. I actually have seen GBH live before. Uh, mind you, you told me. I yeah. saw them with Bad Religion, and um, I believe it was Anti Flag. That's like one of the best um, punk rock yeah, shows you it, can go I, to. I don't remember a lot because I dropped acid. Uh, That's what you did at those shows. 
so, so I actually did. I started out doing this album like I do most of them, ranking songs. But with a true, true punk rock record, that's not fair. No. Because each song is like two and a half minutes long. They kind of bleed into each other. Yeah. Um, so I feel it would be more fair if I just encompassed what this album is. And this album is pure punk rock. It's and the for best. That, I give this fucking a five out of five. Um, I, I can't say there's like this incredible depth to it. It's fun. It's what punk rock is supposed to be. It's supposed to be rebellious. It's supposed to be representing everything that music wasn't at the time when this came out. It's supposed to be gr- uh, gritty Dude, and it's just, raw. It's in your fucking face. I mean, the opening song just has one of the most famous, iconic lines that every kid that bought a shirt at Hot Topic had. You laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh because you're all the same. Yep. And people always forget that this came from Ha Ha off this album. Yep. Um, I, I really, it's such, it's so hard to really go in depth on this album just because it is a punk rock. I just, I just love and it's City not, Baby, it's, City Baby, it's, City this baby, isn't like, rocks, this isn't like uh, reviewing physical graffiti. No, no. There, isn't, there isn't a level of depth you could say other than if you like punk rock or if you're not familiar with what real punk rock is Dude. with the, the quick drums and the simple bass lines. Or, that's yep, all it, that's all it is, bro. This album is a five out of five. This made me feel like I was back in high school going to fucking casualty shows and moshing and getting my nose caved Dude, in. Going to see, going to, like listening to The Descendants for the first time. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, So I I really can't spend too much time on it. This is a punk rock record. It's fantastic. This is a quintessential punk rock magnum opus. GBH, City Baby, Attack by Rats. It is a five out of five. It is in the top ten albums that I've gotten on this show. Fuck yeah, dude. All right, so so let's go into this week's picks. Now, Taylor, I sent you a couple earlier before asking if you had seen them, and I want to give you a couple options here. All right, cool. Um, So I have three on my mind right now. Do you? I'm forgetting one of them. Right, no, good. no, I, I got it. I got right, it. Okay. Good. So one of them is a horror comedy where it's almost like Scream where it's self-aware. Okay. Um, and it kind of busts its own balls. One is a psychological thriller that is a prequel to one of the most famous psychological thrillers of all time. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a movie that has one of the great twists in recent film memory. Again, I wouldn't necessarily call it a horror. It's more of a psychological thriller. So you're talking horror comedy psychological thriller prequel and a, a psychological thriller with an incredible twist you know for not knowing what any of these movies are that's actually like not an easy decision to make yeah uh, give me the give me the second one the, the, prequel? the prequel prequel okay the prequel I'm gonna give you uh, this is I can't I, it's a prequel in film terms because it came out after this the movie it's most the, the, that this, I, I'm trying to describe the way to say this right, right, uh, the movie's Red Dragon um, Red Dragon is part of the Hannibal Lecter series this um, is Red it, Dragon. It, it, Red Dragon takes place before Silence of the Lambs. Um, there is no Clarice Starling, um, it, but Silence of the Lambs came out first. Although there was an original film version of it called Manhunter, where Brian Cox from Secession played Hannibal Lecter. I love Brian uh, Cox. So Red Dragon stars uh, Ed Norton as the lead detective, uh, Will Graham, who in the novels is the one that captured Hannibal Lecter. Uh, Ray Fiennes is playing the the villain of the film. Ray Fiennes in it. Yeah, he's, hell yeah. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this film as well. Um, you could just tell me who like the actors. And I would, that's what I would have picked. I love this movie. Uh, it changes a couple things from the. Book, which is to be expected, but um, the villain that Ray Fiennes plays to me is even better than Buffalo Bill. Um, and to get Anthony Hopkins back, really, on, yeah, th- th- really, I find this villain creepier personally. Oh wow! Um, now to get Anthony Hopkins to come back and do play Hannibal Lecter, it, this was years after Silence of the Lambs. I think this came out in 2002, I want to say. Oh, so it, um, is, it is that recent. Yeah, really. it is Jesus. that recent. Um, it's my favorite book of the series. I don't think it's a better movie than Silence of the Lambs. It's different. Um, the thing it's missing is how good um, Jodie Foster was as Clarice Starling. Right. But uh, Anthony Hopkins is fantastic as Hannibal Lecter again. You get to see a little bit about Hannibal Lecter before he was in prison in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, director? Um, I believe... 
I, you know, I have to think about that one. Um, I know who directed the original, amazingly enough. It was Michael Mann who did uh, Heat also. Um, I don't remember the director. It is someone well-known, though. Brett Ratner? Brett Ratner, yeah. It's a Brett Ratner film. Um, but yeah, Red Dragon, man. It's th- This is not nearly along the lines of horror as you've gotten recently. Right, But okay. if you I like could, The Silence of the Lambs, you're going to love Red Dragon. Okay. I mean, I'm definitely... I mean, I, I told you earlier today I'm fucking over it, but like, I only got two more weeks, so I'm yeah, so I think I've deal. been somewhat... Dec- I've been lenient. Things. You've been very lenient. I've been very lenient. Been At least the, this- the fucked up ones have been like amazingly good. Yeah, like midsummer. midsummer. Yeah, right. exactly. So I'll give you that. Let me pull up my list right here because I actually have. A, I made a new list of shit I want to give good. you. Very good. Very good. So let me uh, let me let me let me give you a choice. Let me give okay. you a genre. And I, maybe, not what, country. No, I'm not, okay. well, I'm not gonna give you country. <laughs> um, so I'll give you pop punk. Okay. Uh, hardcore. Okay. Uh, or hip hop? What would you like? Okay, when you say hip hop, is it more recent or older? Um, hip hop. It's it's just rap me, in general. Give me pop punk. You want pop punk? I want pop punk. Okay, so for pop punk, Jesus Christ, for pop punk, I'm gonna give you Angels and Airwaves. I Empire. I Empire. I Empire. Okay. Um, so this is the second album from Angels and Airwaves. Um, is it I? I no I dash Empire like the word I or the letter I the letter I the letter I Empire and got it, it. It's actually worked because I'm actually wearing oh very nice. to the Stars Academy shit very nice um because I am just a uh, uh, Angel and Airwaves fanboy right now I can't very help good. myself so this album came out around 2006 this is the second album from Angels and Airwaves and to my uh, God's honest opinion, it is my absolute favorite album of their entire discography, including the double album and the new album that they have coming out. Okay. So um, it has two of my favorite songs on it. The one song I really want to highlight is called Secret Crowds. Okay, Secret Crowds. Um, I absolutely love that song. And it's just, I love the direction that he went after the initial Blink-182 split. Sure. I even mentioned it like on my snaps to whoever followed me on Instagram today. I was posting a bunch of different songs yeah, I was listening to. Yeah, it was weird, to. man, because you went from like recent stuff to fucking... Beach Boys. Dude, I don't know what happened. I was jamming Kokomo today for some reason. I was so into yeah, it. I'm not going to complain. It's, I, I love it. fine. But like, but one thing I said was that um, when Blinkway 2 got back together the second time, a lot of people still, and I understand, still shit on neighborhoods because it felt more like Angels and Airwaves than it did Blink-182. And I understand that, but I, I want to make something very clear. It's not a bad record. No. And Angels and Airwaves really had a lot of influence on that record and if you really break them down for what they are they're an amazing band and if, for what they for what it's worth Tom DeLonge is better suited for that at this moment I would so agree with I, that I, I think his sound got worn out on Blink-182 yes um, became more the Tom DeLonge project rather than what Blink-182 should be for sure and I, I like all the other stuff that he has sure. going on with it I have the graphic novels I'm, I'm just a big fan of what he does a boner uh, <laughs> I have a boner or wait what did he say it was like uh, they had some of the best live things ever I think Travis poured water on him one time in the yeah. middle of a show and he's hey he poured water on me and now I'm s-. and he goes he poured water on me and now I'm sad you know, you know someone that poured a coke on themselves today oh yeah <laughs> Josh looks on themselves Josh looks depressed so yeah this it's uh, been a bad day it's been a rough day so <laughs> anyway so my pick this week is Angels and Airwaves I Empire cool um, alright guys so I saw Joker I saw Joker this week. Um, Josh, did you see Joker? No, no. I'm very surprised. Are you okay. Yeah, I'm good. Jesus Are Christ. Are you constipated? <laughs> no, I just I had like a like a thing. Got you. I'm surprised you didn't see Joker because you were the guy that made sure you saw Batman and Superman, Batman versus Superman, the day before we left for Texas. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that. Were you yeah. kidding me? No, I remember this. So I was surprised you didn't go see it. Like That's you, you saw awesome. Captain Marvel screening early on. Yeah. You didn't see Joker. 
I just I haven't had time this week. Fair. I wanted to go yesterday. I just, Fair. I, I'm a, I was supposed to go tomorrow, but I double booked. I'm actually going to hang out with an old friend. Okay. So, so. Joker is awesome. Um, I, it was as good a movie as I've seen this year. It's going to be really hard for anyone to beat Joaquin Phoenix. Um, obviously, we have to see the rest of the performances. Uh, front runners sound like Robert Pattinson in The Lighthouse. Uh, De Niro for The Irishman. Uh, Adam Sandler's getting a lot of critical praise for Uncut Gems that's coming out. So everyone's and saying, And then you got to consider Leo and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is, uh, is Francesca getting any credit for uh, his... Yeah, I mean, he's in it for like a short period of time, but Adam Sandler loves him, so that's why he wanted wait, him Wait, 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 what did he say to him in the <laughs> thing? A, that's the dumbest, dumbest fucking, fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, so Joker was awesome, man. Um, it's not an overly violent film. Um, it's, it's violent. And when the violence happens, it is shocking because it, even though you know it's coming, it's like, oh, shit. Um, it's a lot of fun. Very, very heavy on the taxi driver. King of comedy vibes um, entirely. A lot that's open to interpretation. There should be nothing controversial about this film. I did get someone going at me yesterday calling it incel porn, um, which I, I said, saw that. I said, if you think and he also goes, I didn't hear any of the criticism. And that's what I saw, thought. And I said, you're a liar. I if saw you said you didn't. If you had to specify you didn't hear any of the criticism leading up to it, you're a fucking liar. Liar. I saw criticism everywhere, and a lot of it was exactly what you said. Well, was now like the, the biggest inst- criticism revolving, uh, re- revolving around the movie is the use of a song in the movie, and it's um, What's the song? it's right at the climax, right towards the climax of the film, and that would be Rock and Roll Part Two, which is dun 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 hey dun dun oh, dun dun, okay. dun. All right. and that's because the there's, there's, there's an actual name of that song. Yes, Rock and Roll Part Two. It's not <laughs> just dun 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 dun, dun hey. That's um, <laughs> always what I thought um, it was. So the reason there's controversy around it, and most people should know this tidbit of information, is that the creator of that song, Gary Glitter, is a pedo. Uh, he is a convicted pedophile. Uh, he was uh, before he was convicted of actually being a child molester. He was caught with child pornography, and people are upset because he is more than likely getting royalties off this song. I, I would think most likely the record company that owns it is probably getting the bulk of the royalties. Um, if this is really like because you've, most people probably finally saw the movie and realized, oh, this isn't dangerous. They were like, we got to find something because this is a problem. And if they're going to do anything, hold this against uh, any of the controversy about the film against Joaquin Phoenix come award season, I want to remind the Academy that they gave an Oscar to Roman Polanski. Yep. They gave an Oscar to a guy who fucks children. Didn't they give a, uh, what about his, what, uh, what's his name? Woody, what's his name? Woody, Woody Allen? Woody Allen. They love Woody Allen. That's what I'm He's saying. married his adopted child stepdaughter. That's what I'm saying. Like So... It, it was it was an awesome movie. It, um, everyone was great in it. I mean, it's mostly a Joaquin Phoenix movie. I don't think there is a scene that he is not in. Someone, someone, someone took like the 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 like the the shot of him like walking, like practicing his laugh or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and they it, put and Seth Rollins' laugh. I saw Seth Rogen. Well, there's a Seth Rollins and a Seth Rogen one. I saw. Dude, I, I was um, fucking crying. No, there's a at bunch that. of stuff, man. And then there there's just more. I, there, there's more that I've been thinking about in the movie, and it was just it was crafted beautifully. Um, very heavy Scorsese vibes in the style of how the movie was made. Beyond the obvious uh, taxi driver king of comedy things right um some really cool little tidbits into if you're a batman fan at all nothing crazy over the top uh but I, i'm gonna be hard pressed to see anyone being better than joaquin phoenix this year and leo was great in once upon a time in hollywood and brad pitt was great in it and i have no doubt robert pattinson's gonna be incredible in the lighthouse and um if people are really trying to campaign for robert downey jr to get nominated for endgame and they're thinking that joaquin phoenix shouldn't get nominated for joker they're fucking high and robert downey jr was very good in Endgame. That's not even close to being an Oscar-worthy performance. Okay, so I I, I saw the article in question and I saw the sure. post. Uh, does RDJ deserve no. 
uh, some sort of recognition? Sure. Does he deserve... I think the, the creators and the cast that have been involved since day one deserve some well, kind of recognition I, for the achievement. I would say RDJ and Endgame specifically, He's yes, really, was really good. very good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like being that emaciated, being that guy who's sure, sure. from day one... He was, he, it was as good a performance as you can get in the scope of that kind of In movie. an MCU movie, Absolutely. for real. Is it, but then so was Thor. Well, here, here's a better one. Here's a better one. If Robert Downey Jr. doesn't get nominated, or does get nominated, why the fuck didn't Hugh Jackman get nominated for, for Logan? Logan, who was ten times better than that? Yeah, like, why didn't uh, ten times better movie than dude, that? To be dude, honest with Gary you, Gary Oldman in The Dark Knight was better than Robert Downey Jr. in Endgame. Dude, Gary Oldman Aaron in Eckhart Bat was better. Gary Oldman in Batman Begins all was better. Them, all of them, really. Yeah, Gary I Oldman. Mean, and again, I thought Robert Downey Jr. was great. I don't think it was award worthy. There's great performances every year that don't get nominated. Dude, Gary Oldman was better as Sirius Black than that. Yeah, but like, that's that's what I mean. But like, it's like RDJ was awesome. He was awesome in the scope of that kind of movie. Yeah, but it wasn't the kind of performance that you consider like a powerhouse performance. Yeah, like for a powerhouse yeah. performance to me is Tony Collette and Hereditary. Uh, I have a good Hereditary story for you. Oh, do you? So um, every Friday, I've been hanging out with Ears and her gigantic tree boyfriend, <laughs> and we've been watching for October, watching scary movies. And we started okay. out with uh, something they hadn't. The uh, Ears never saw Scream. Watched Cabin in the Woods. She never saw Scream. Never I, saw I, Scream. I've, I've even seen Scream. She never saw Cabin in the Woods. And and then finally, Ears said she actually wants to be scared. And I was like, all right, we're watching Hereditary. And uh, after like putting it off for a week or so, there she was there, everyone was like, okay, okay. Now, here's a fucked up thing. Landlord, after I saw Hereditary, I told her how much it fucked my head up. And she was like, um, I, I'm never gonna see it, so I'm gonna read the Wikipedia of it, right? Okay. She's read the Wikipedia, she knows the whole plot. So she's watching the movie. We're all watching it. And she knows what's happening. And she is still like, ah. Jesus Dude, Christ. Watching everyone. Having seen the movie, this was like my fifth time, I think, watching it. Man. Having seen the movie and then watching as um, the, the the car drive is happening. Uh. And uh, we suddenly get a human Pez dispenser. <laughs> watching each of their reactions, specifically Ears and Giant Tree Man, was hilarious. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh she's fucking dead. Oh, Holy shit. And then just dude. seeing like everyone and like the tension and the build up and I will go down swinging that there has been no greater travesty in award season than Tony Collette not getting nominated it's for up there dude that's that was that movie um, was amazing Josh can you set up for when Jack calls in uh, camera didn't we talk about I this can't. you can't no video today no 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 I can't take a video while we're on the phone that makes sense yeah. fair okay no problem that works for me on the fly good, good grand great terrific that's a really good point then fine I'll just make a video with the audio that's that's cool by me um, so we'll wait for his call so so it, this is half production meeting half live show sure um, so speaking we were just talking about Marvel and talking about Joker um, did you guys see the people getting very upset with Martin Scorsese yeah okay so people need to calm the fuck down about he this he didn't say anything bad and he, but he did okay so he he, he was asked first of all he, he didn't just come out and say oh, Marvel I not have, movies I have no problem with him insulting those types of movies. I don't even think he insulted. And it wasn't even, but saying that it's not cinema. It's like an amusement park. Well, which is such a great comparison because it's essentially what it's it is, a, it's man. It's a rush. It's a it's, a it's a spectacle. Yeah. It's meant to give you this awe factor. Like when you watch The Revenant or, uh, no, he didn't do that. No, uh, no. no. When you watch uh, Gangs in New York. Gangs in New York. There's no real spectacle there. No. You know what it's, I mean? It's a character no, it's piece. It's not a huge budget outside right. of the cast and even that's not dramatic. Exactly. It's not huge well, CGI set pieces. There's right. no green screens really. Yeah. And... I understand what he's saying. So you got to think where Martin Scorsese came from. Cinema used to be a form of long-term long uh, storytelling. Not long-term, but you know, long-form storytelling, a character arc and that starts in one place and ends in another. As such a shitty little cliche, it's it's art, man. So like, it's it's got to yeah, be and art. He, and he also in in the statement that all these fanboys got up in arms about, he said they're he said they're well made. 
and the actors do the actors do great with the scope that they're given it. I don't think people understand how hard it is to act on a green screen for almost an entire movie. This wasn't like what's his name that a James Cameron bashing them who makes which James Cameron shut the fuck up James Cameron who's making five Avatar movies right now bashing them is completely goofy in comparison to what Martin Scorsese said and some people are like well he sounds like he's jealous because his movies never made as much money as them okay what movies have made more money than the Avengers so you're telling me everyone's jealous that doesn't like these movies first of all how, how are they taking this they're gonna sit there and honestly tell me that so the greatest Martin, director in American Martin history Martin Scorsese is jealous the guy who made Goodfellas Casino fucking Raging uh, Bull Taxi Raging Driver Bull. The King of Comedy me, yes. Gangs of New York Shutter Island Wolf of Wall Street uh, Mean Streets it goes on there's one and more on and on what was the was the one I, the, depart, the Departed Fear, The Departed uh, wait 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 uh, Silence, Silence. Yeah. Come Done The Last Temptation of Christ he would never be jealous he was asked a question what he thinks he said he's seen a few he doesn't dude not everyone likes comic book movies it's not everyone, to get up in arms about not everyone likes some fucking superheroes it's some, fine some people see those movies and they're like it's not for me the landlord she's like the couple but overall she's like they don't do anything for me it's not compelling to some people some people want a deep character study in a, in a movie I can like a little bit of everything the only thing I don't really like are rom-coms, and I can even go with a few of those. And you like you like a few of them. Yeah, dude, there's a few really, really Listen, good ones out and, there. And I'm not I'm not one to talk, and I, I would never bash Marvel because it's too much. I like the Transformers movie still. I like what I like. You I like don't give a like, shit. Dude, it but at the same time, it doesn't mean I'm going to watch any fucking more of them. I watched 10 years of them. I watched my story arc. I'm good. Yeah, dude. You know you what I'm saying? It out. But I mean, I'm not going to talk shit about them. You, and, I'm sorry. And to get, again, if you can't see what Martin Scorsese is saying and think about being behind, you know, in his mind, the type of movies he makes versus what Marvel movies are, and you have to be up in arms about it, I don't know what to tell you guys because... I, I, this is going to upset them, but in 30 years, they're going to have a brand new Iron Man. They're going to have a brand new Spider-Man. They're going to have a brand new it's Thor. Th- and the ones now will be forgotten for whatever is next. Dude, While Martin Scorsese's films, Raging Bull is still considered one of the best films ever made. Taxi Driver is still considered one of the best films ever made. His movies will be as relevant now as they were when they came out as they will be in 50 years. I completely and agree. the Marvel stuff is going to keep going. And it's nothing against these movies, but you have to look at the scope of what they are. Some You don't like roller coasters. Some people do. And you understand? You can understand why someone would like it. You've never met someone that went on a roller coaster and died. So what's the fucking problem? If they like it, you don't. Who gives a shit? So get over it. Martin Scorsese has done more good things in film for cinema. Than your favorite Marvel director has ever done and ever will do. And uh, what's the most? What's the most famous Marvel Sam director? Raimi. Sam, Sam Raimi. Ra- no, doing Sam Raimi. Uh, the original Spider-Man. Christopher uh, Nolan. Uh, but James, he, James I would Gunn. consider Christopher Nolan's not a spectacle. His Christopher, Christopher Nolan's Nolan. was. In Dark Knight, his Dark were Knight, grounded in a reality that didn't bring in the uh, superhuman abilities. They were all they grounded in some form of reality. That didn't seem like a real. St- it's not superhero-y. Yeah. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? And, like, I mean, there haven't been turn, many. I mean, yeah. there haven't been many comic book movies that were grounded in this major sense of reality. Joker is one of the few I could think of. The Dark Knight. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's Marty Scorsese, dude. Like, how can you fucking get mad at the guy? He he didn't. He was asked. He didn't just come out and say, "Well, he's Marvel movies." Like, I just saw Jennifer Aniston did some interview today where she was like, "Well, uh, cinema has a problem because uh, everything's Marvel." I'm like, bitch, your biggest movie ever was Where the Millers. It's an okay movie. But don't talk about like this movie that has done bigger box office than ever as being the problem. Yeah, how much Honestly, of a it can be argued and just the, oh my god, st- every movie. Shit. You can argue in general that while I don't think that Marvel movies should be looked at in the same scope as you know a Scorsese flick and as great as they or can Spielberg be, Spielberg, they or are like... single handedly keeping the 
cinema going because movie going is down more than ever. I, well, um, people going the streaming, to the movies yeah. is down. Well, they did a great episode this past week's episode of It's Always Sunny in the new season was about a new Thunder Gun movie, which, by the way, it was revealed that Thunder Gun is played by none other than Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> and they they talk they got to go to like a. Um, a presser, a, not a presser, but like an early screening of the movie. Okay. So to figure out what people thought of it. And they're like, uh, well, the, the woman that was like running it is, she's like, well, you know, people illegally stream. They don't really go to the movies anymore. So we're trying to get people back. That's why it's PG-13. Where do you guys go to the movies? Oh, uh, you know, we, we don't pirate them. What well, website? Uh, PirateFreeMovies.com are. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like it, it makes common sense. Marvel is single-handedly keeping box office going every year. Which, I, is, which is fine. Listen, it, it, it has its place. It does, it not, does its you thing. You can like both. You can, yeah, you, and you, you don't have to like both either. You don't have to like either of them. You could. Ju- I know people don't like movies. Some people just don't like movies. I know, listen. Which is fucking weird. Well, it's right. like not liking music. Do you not like water? Like, yeah, do what are you not, talking yeah, about? Do you not like air either, stupid? Like, when, you, like, you, when you meet someone, it's like, I don't really like music. Like, don't be around them because they're probably a serial rapist. So, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, okay, so I'll give you a perfect example because, like, uh, like you know, this uh, lady friend I'm talking to, uh, she doesn't watch TV at all. Like, uh, I get which, that. which is, like, interesting because, like, does I. she watch, like, Netflix? No, she watches like Chopped. She oh, watches so she like watches TV. No, she watches, no. she watches reality I'm saying, competition television. But she doesn't watch uh, series. She doesn't watch t- television series, long form series. Listen, I made a Family Guy reference. She did, didn't get it. Wow, that's what I'm saying. So like that's how deep that goes, and that was such a culture shock for me. And we're talking like weird, OG man. Family Guy. It's weird, but like, like here's the thing: I'm kind of cool with it. It doesn't like well, I think yeah, it's cool because, it, because it, this also gives you the chance, you know, if this pans into anything. That you can show her some of these things for the first time yeah. and experience it with her. That's cool. There's a. I mean, I am a cinemaphile. I, I've I, seen. I, I'm I've, well aware. I've seen a certain amount of movies. The landlord has not seen nearly as many. So there's every so often. I like. There's a movie she hasn't seen. I'm like, you haven't seen this? Like we did with the Last Samurai. She never saw Back to the Future. Beetlejuice. She never saw Back to the Future. I was like, How did you not see that by accident? Oh my and it's because God. she didn't have cable growing up until she was like in high it's school. It's on TNT every other I know, day. Well, that's exactly why she didn't see it because it was she didn't have basic like, cable. She uh, just had like PBS. So she's watching Arthur reruns until she's. Fucking nineteen. Jesus Christ! Hey, why don't you come out and play and get a fucking cable box? <laughs> like, come on, um, Josh. Oh, did you hear about this big fight that was announced? Big fight. Big fight. Big fight. And the one fighter, and it said that if he doesn't knock his opponent out in the first round, he's going to pay fifty thousand dollars. And this fight is none other than the Huntington Beach bad boy Tito oh, Ortiz no. versus Alberto Del Rio. C C C so this is a actually wait hold on I said wait hold on real I, MMA fight happened I did that wrong no 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 one fucking needs that no in Spanish no 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 one fucking needs it yeah so yeah this is really really happening um okay Jack's actually gonna be a little bit longer to call and so we got some time we could do our Breaking Bad stuff that's cool um yeah I completely forgot about that no so wait was the last time Alberto Del Rio fought was when Kirk when was when Kirk fucking killed him is he calling now. What's the number? Oh, yeah. It's... What is it? 3104. Yep. Uh, no, I don't know who that is. He's a 610. Pick it up. See what happens. Let's just see. Let's see who it is. What? Just no, answer, 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 answer. 30 answer. minutes is a time because he just texted me. Answer, answer it. Hello. How's it going, man? Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. It's Dan Taylor and Josh. You watch I Listen. How's it going, buddy? What's going on, Jack? Good, good. How's it going, guys? It's been a while, man. How you been? It's been a little bit, but I've been, you know, just uh, taking names, kicking butts here in Washington, D.C., breaking through, breaking national stories and Fox and 
CNN just can't seem to wrap their heads around with actually reporting. But <laughs> well, so I'm doing that that's nothing new. That's not. That's not. That's so just launched another uh, another uh, campaign against me. So that's that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you Jesus. you constantly seem to be the the target of this. Uh, you know, what what would you say is the most unfair criticism you get labeled with by co- places like CNN and other extreme left leaning, uh, mostly fictitious news? Um. They, they have tried so hard to paint me as some, like, white nationalist or tinfoil hat guy. And I keep pointing out that every time I report something, I back it up with facts. Sure. I always back it up with the good. I always have my sources. I let everybody see my home. I'm way more transparent than they are. And I've never had to retract a story in my entire time at One American News. Not one. And here's the thing. If you did have to retract one, I think you would, while places like CNN, they just kind of gloss over it and move on to the next sensationalism story to try and get people's emotions out of whack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so they'll they'll try to throw every label possible they can at me. Um, they'll, they'll claim that... Or one thing is, like, they'll take things that I've tweeted where I'm trying to explain to my followers what's going on, and they'll say, oh, well, that means you supported such and such. No, yeah, I support it. I need them to sleep. Yeah. Well, I saw um, last week you had that um, uh, Snopes tried to say something that you said. They took it as a, a serious thing when it was a joke. Oh. <laughs> right. So, so uh, what thing? Yeah. If you know Michael Malice at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, 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 I've actually I've met and hung okay. out with Michael Malice. Yeah. I, I just read his book, man. It's amazing. Yeah, no, his book is, there's, there's no better book on the rise of the new right uh, and than what Michael Malice put out. So, you know, absolutely uh, endorse that 100%. Everyone should go read it. It's actually the only actor book, too. Yeah. And what I, but one thing that he likes to do on Twitter, and I join in on sometimes, we, you know, we post these tweets that just have, like, uh... wild or, and to get people to respond to, to it, you know, thinking that we're serious, right? Yeah. Uh, so I had one a couple of weeks ago where I said, I said the AR-15 stands for Arkansas 15th, the 15th yeah. state of the Confederacy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and then people like, hey, there weren't even 15 states in the Confederacy, right? So then I had one, but then I had one last week that went, oh man, it got, it got me a little bit of trouble with notes because this thing went super viral. Yes, it People did. thought it was hilarious. And the left was attacking it. And all this stuff. So I... <laughs> then that means he can run for a third term. So every four years, if they impeach him, then he gets to, he gets to get elected again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You made a, up a fake thing about impeachment, and people thought you were serious because they, they have to find something to cling to that plays into exactly how right, they feel. Exactly. And so the... The joke there is that you're hearing all these people in the mainstream media now talk about impeachment that haven't actually done the scholarly work on the Constitution. Not even scholarly work, but you know, actually read sure. the Constitution to understand what you know what it says about impeachment. So you get these people giving these hot takes about impeachment, yeah. but they don't even understand how the actual process works. You know, whereas I'm like you know an actual fellow of the Claremont Institute, like I've, I've studied the Constitution. So to me, saying something that's obviously false is hilarious because I'm I'm making fun of the people who don't understand yeah, well, the they... Constitution. But again, try to explain that to somebody on the internet as that 
you know, isn't operating at that level, as they, they don't understand what's going on. They're and, not, and they're, they're not operating on a lot of levels, Jack. There's a lot of lot missing there that they're not operating on beyond just satire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're missing a couple levels, believe me. So Snopes, just like Snopes was, was fact-checking the Babylon V, <laughs> Jesus. then goes to decide to fact-check my joke about <laughs> the Constitution. But, you know, this is actually not true. This is actually <laughs> fake news. Oh, my Fred. goodness. And Jack Posobiec doesn't... <laughs> Jack Posobiec is the king of fake news. Murmur, murmur. <laughs> Fucking stupid. It's funny, but then you find like there's organizations like Facebook and others that are now saying, "Oh, well, you know, we're going to use Snopes as our filter for misinformation." Yeah, I see that all the time so, now on so Facebook. So Snopes writes three fake articles. You know, that is that like three strikes you're out. What does that mean, Facebook? What does that mean? Yeah, I don't. Well, it's pretty clear that Facebook doesn't really know what they're doing. And that they're just making it up as they go. And it doesn't seem to be getting any better. I, I hope that maybe eventually, but it seems like it's the, the well is poisoned. Oh, believe me, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, and that, that, you see that now in, with the, uh, the Democrat primary field, because, <laughs> just put it this way, does this seem like a group of people that has their act together and is about to, you know, no. get behind one person and take down, you know, Donald Trump, who's their I'll, enemy? I'll tell so. you, um, I'll put on the, I put on a bunch of the Democratic debates um, with, with my girlfriend, and I, I have to be, like, a decently inebriated for it, because otherwise I'm just horrified. Yeah. And then she makes me turn it off because I just start screaming. And then my voice is gone, and then she's happy because I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jack. Yeah, I mean, and so you got a problem now. The, the people, and, and even for folks who don't like Trump, I mean, that's okay. I've got friends who don't like Trump, they're friends who are like Sure. Trump, et cetera. Whatever. But even, even those people are telling you, they're saying, Jack, we don't think we've got anybody who can beat him. No, they're. Right? And, and Biden, they thought it, Biden was strong, but then he wasn't really progressive enough. He can't smell he hair. Can't, he can't seem like he walked a step. Um, Bernie is, I mean, he's out, you know. Yeah, he's out. Well, now. He's got to be with the, the, heart the heart attack, attack stuff, he, right? He's got He's got to be out at this point. I mean, well, they, I was going to say the other thing, too. I mean, like, Biden's got to be out, too, no? I, I don't know. You know I, Biden, yeah, Biden's I would think so. It, it sounds like they're going to pop pop up, up that that Muppet uh, Elizabeth Warren who talks like an alien from Mars Attacks. <laughs> yeah, it seems like just something. Something like physically seems off with him when you see him talk. I don't know. It seems like there's some kind of physical. Who Biden? It's off. And it's, it's kind of like that. Are we talking that, uh, Bi- Biden now? That, that it doesn't rally that you talk about with uh, when it comes to, to robots sometimes. Where it's like it seems right, but something's a little bit off. You can't yeah. yeah, I mean, it's called he was born during the Great Depression. Uh, most it's like, likely, <laughs> it's, it's like he talks like he's a wind-up toy. Yeah, you know what I'm I mean, saying you got to wind it up. It's just it's. I mean, there's no leadership on the on the Democratic side whatsoever, well, and it, they're, they're they're running on the same campaign. Oh, Trump bad, we good. I Trump mean, bad, we good. I mean, it's it, the same thing. It also goes back to the last but election. Elizabeth Warren, who, you know, had sort of had, is trying to run back to her populist, you know, ideals that she had, she yeah. once had, but she sold out so many times. Oh my God, she's her, such a sellout. Like, really take that seriously, um, and then she's becoming so radical with some of the things that she's saying 
that even the Wall Street money and the Silicon Valley money is sitting on the sidelines saying, we can't support her. She wants a wealth tax. Yeah, of course. And why would they? I mean, they, that was what came out two weeks ago, that she would lose a lot of that money because of that. I mean, it's it, it's really uh, unfortunate that you can't even see, even if you're a Trump supporter or whatever, that there isn't someone that you can at least say is a respectable, can, a viable candidate. Because, I mean, they, they already tried uh, with uh, Tulsi Gabbard screwing her out of the last debates. Um, so I, I there's just nothing on the left that makes me think that anyone has a, a shot in hell. You put it this way, they would never be talking about impeachment if they had a viable Absolutely thing. true. I was literally just about to ask you about that. Are they are they more or less using the impeachment as like a tool to like I guess like bring up candidates or uh, what's the word I'm looking no, they're, for? They're using it to try recruit? and bring down the the president to make it look like that. Well, I, what, yeah. what I'm what I'm saying is to like recruit Democrats to you know what I I'm don't saying? Know. I mean that's I, like I, what it seems like to that's me. That's the though. problem though. It, whatever it seems like, we don't know because there is no leadership or truly viable well, candidate. And it goes back to the last election when. And they like they just straight up um, jobbed sa- out Bernie. To th- yeah, they, they jobbed out Bernie for Hillary. Like they sabotaged their own guy. Well, so I mean, it, it's already there. There's no ramifications for it. So why wouldn't they do the same? Thing? That's what I'm saying. So I mean, do you see anyone on on the Democratic side that you would even consider like a a, 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 a potential respect- threat. Not even a, a respectable candidate of the people that are left in the field? Well, I mean, the, the big question right now, and, and obviously the, the big toe that we see dipping in the waters, is, of course, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, oh, so She's shit. been sitting on the sidelines for the past uh, you know, two and a half years, thinking that she should have won, saying, you know, I, I think she actually believes that the Russians, like, hacked the election. She, she wrote a whole book telling her, she wrote a whole book explaining why it wasn't her fault. And so, <laughs> she, because you know, of the complete lackluster bench the Dems have, you know, she's basically saying, you know, there might just be a Hillary Clinton-sized opening Ugh. in the Democrat field for her to walk in and gobble us up. I wish that opening was a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> to the Matthew McConaughey dimension. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, in general... I mean, I, she wants to be a three-time loser, you know. I mean, hey, she's she going for the three-peat, man. Well, hey, third time's a charm, but it wouldn't be for her. Um, I mean, in general, it's been a crazy two, three weeks in the news cycle. I mean, you've been a, a firestorm on Twitter between, uh, you know, Ukraine, impeachment. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, your thoughts on this whole thing between this geopolitical firestorm that the NBA is under uh, with the whole China... Um, the Rockets GM thing going on. So, believe it or not, check this out. I've actually got a couple of my friends that are tonight at the NBA game, that's the exhibition game that's being played in Washington, D.C., against uh, this this Chinese team. And my buddies are sitting, they got seats right behind the basket, and they're wearing free Hong Kong shirts. Yeah, and I saw last night at a game that a couple fans got kicked out that were holding up free Hong Kong signs. Right, so they they got their signs. They just got their signs taken. I okay. just got a text saying that they're putting up other signs that say Google Google Uyghurs. Okay, um, and that this is that's the concentration camps in Northwest China. Yeah. and then they're they're trying to get a chant going about free Hong Kong. And, I, and you guys are just the, are just testing it, you know, as far as you can go before you can uh, yeah, right, I mean, kick I, out. But but no, you know, China is something where I have a long history of of. Uh, uh, studying China. I lived in China for two years in Shanghai. I worked at the American Chamber of Commerce. I speak fluent Mandarin Chinese when I was in the military as an intelligence officer. I focus a lot of my attention on China. So you're an and expert. So, you know, what's come, what, all of this has been in the making for 10 years. Yeah. Right? American companies have become more and more reliant on China. 
and they want access to that Chinese market. And, they, and they're, they're dying for it, right? They see the amount of money to be made. They see the dollar signs in their eyes, and they're willing to do whatever China asks of them to get it. Yeah, and I mean, the thing that uh, I saw I, yesterday or today was that uh, ESPN, of course, you know, they, they told all their on-air personalities, don't talk about this whole situation. And of course, we know that ESPN owns Disney, and how much money is Disney getting out of China? Almost all of it. Yeah. Jesus. And well, uh, Disney owns ESPN. Sorry? D- Disney owns ESPN, excuse me, yeah. And yeah, no, exactly. This is this is all about that. This is about the Shanghai uh, Disneyland that they have there. This is about the massive market for Disney movies in China. Yeah. It's, it's, and obviously, you know, a lot of Disney products, of course, manufactured there. Of course. So Disney wants that healthy relationship in China, and they see China as, let's face it, they're a much, just, just uh, in terms of numbers, they're a much larger potential customer market than the United States or or. Uh, almost the United States plus Europe in terms of dollars and in terms of yeah. buying power, which is growing, they want access to that market. And China, and you know, to some extent, you, you almost can't blame them is because they're playing the game that the U.S., that Britain, uh, just refused to even even challenge them on, or at least they used to refuse to challenge them, because whenever U.S. companies would go over there, they would say, well, fine, we'll do whatever you want. Well, and they would agree to tariffs, they would agree to restrictions, they would yep. agree to censorship. Google's working with the Chinese military. Uh, at, uh, you see a lot of uh, Microsoft is selling Huawei products again. Huawei, of course, is Apple, Apple over in China, yeah. Because people don't understand China is that there's, there's no distinction between the Chinese business sector, private sector, public sector, citizenry. It's, it's, it's all one, yeah, one umbrella. Know, conglomeration of, of people, assets, the Communist Party, etc. I'm sure there's different level level to it, but it's still all, in a sense, it's all connected, it's all blended. This is this part and parcel of communism, or as they call it, socialism, the Chinese characteristic. Yeah, and it, it's it's crazy to me, you know, NBA, the NBA itself has been one of the most quote-unquote woke leagues. Yeah, and right. They, you know, they, I, I don't blame them for telling their employees uh, from GMs to players to coaches don't talk about this. You know, Steve Kerr, who's been an outspoken uh, critic of Donald Trump, and uh, Greg Popovich, who's been outspoken, and now they're cowering to it. Um, and you can't. You, you have to imagine that the league said, you know, you want to keep your job, you don't want to get suspended, shut your mouth on this one. Yeah, and so this is what, um, what many of us have been saying for years, uh, many years even before Donald Trump ever came on the political scene, is that we, we saw this coming and realized this was going to be uh, the way that these companies, you know, the National Basketball Association becomes what the International Basketball Association, and now you have to do everything that China yep, it wants. It started with Yao Ming in two thousand two. Yeah, and you know, it's I, I I do see some parallels between you know what uh, between like the league responses with Colin Kaepernick and what's happening now with this GM in Houston, who is considered one of the best GMs in the league, who's now at risk of losing his job. Um, it, it's a very, very risky territory because I think as a business and as an organization like the NBA or the NFL, you have every right to keep out um, an employee that may be affecting your in, uh, your business negatively. There is a little bit of a difference when you're bowing before and cowering to uh, a know, communist a potential, country, a potentially hostile uh, international or another country. Yeah, communist country, a full-on communist country. Do they want to stand up? For, do they want the dollars, or do they want to stand up for the values of our country? Yeah. You know, what is it saying when it's 
South Park and Dave Chappelle yeah. and like the director of The Hangover that are actually standing up for freedom of speech that are actually standing up to the censorship and all the craziness that's going on right now. It's like the comics and comedians of the 2000s are coming forward and saying, this is insane. This is absolutely insane. If we go yeah. along with this, I mean, it's... we allow corporate America to go along with this, that we are going to lose the values that are at the very heart of what it means to be American. No, I mean, I completely, I completely agree. And the part that annoys me the most about this whole thing is that the NBA is at at its core business. It's it's sure. there it's there to make money. So I understand from a business perspective what well, they're what they're trying the to. NBA is a nonprofit organization. Yeah. And so is the NFL. Yeah. Right. And so you know, worth billions of dollars. Is how they have that nonprofit status? Why are they not? Ta- why do they have a tax free status? Yeah, I agree right. with you. But also at the same time, the outreach especially that, if they're enforcing political speech codes. Right. Absolutely. And the outreach that they have, they should be using that to do exactly what the what exactly like Todd Phillips is doing. All the, they're taking a stand on a they're taking a moral stand, which they should be doing, especially because like they're 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 in China. It's a full on communist country, which I can't believe is still a thing Incredible in 2019. Human rights violations, which blows my mind. That we're in you know an economic I mean? cold war. Like with. It, it legitimately looks like. Like it looks like like North Korea. Like I, I don't know if it's bad see. as North Korea. I'm saying like like as far as like the dictatorship sure. and the the police presence sure. that they have, but I I think it's in the the best interest of the players in the league, the, regardless of money money it things that they these guys got to come home. The well, Lake, everyone's got to come well, home. I now. don't understand like someone like that's what I think. Le- LeBron James, who's you know has probably the biggest voice of any player in the league, that like he's been completely Ever. radio silent on this. Yeah, and it just kind of exposes the whole thing from the start. Is so that all these people that want to run their mouth about Donald Trump, that want to, that want to tweet all day long, sure. that want to pop off with all these hot takes about, oh, we're not going to go into some state because they got their law, they don't want to go here because of this law. They want to be woke, woke, woke. But when it comes to communist China, all of a sudden they start bowing down. Yeah, and I, and I, I can't it, fathom it. It's it it not just a hypocrisy. But the fact that at the end of the day, it is just about money. Now, I, I, now, you know what this, this honestly seems, this, this this feels like to me? It feels like the bully in, in middle school, in, in, in elementary school, right? Telling you, you can't sit here. You can't sit here, you know, give don't me your lunch that, money, all that, that stuff. Hat, don't wear those clothes. Then the second he gets out of elementary school and goes to the goes high to middle school. school, high school or whatever, and there's a, somewhat, there's a bigger bully. Yeah, sure. Right? And he cowers. Because it seems like, the, like these guys in our country, James Harden, LeBron James, uh, C- Clay Thompson sure. have a lot of pull with our with our but youth. They're silent of, on something like but, this. But where the second it comes we're being, to, we're being silenced by a con- uh, another country. Yeah, it gets international when the game really gets real. You know what I mean? When it, when politics are involved, they're like, yeah, that's it. Re- it. This is when keeping it real goes wrong. They're like um, this when you need I don't that, know. This is when you need that Dave Chappelle button. Wrap exactly. it up. Exactly. Serious. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How do you see this? Like, how do you see this ending, Jack? This whole fiasco because it seems like the NBA just keeps kicking themselves in the ass with it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's two potential roads, right? Um, and, and we saw this as well with some of the criticism that the WWE received for their events in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, sure. Um, that it's it's either... It, it's going to right? come down to the, the American customers, the American customer base of companies to say, are you global entities or are you... Do you stand up for America? I mean, we used to look at our athletes. You go back to look at the Olympics, right? You yep. know, our athletes used to be the people that stood up for American values around the world. If you go back to the Cold War, you know, all those 
Uh, Jesse Owens winning, winning, winning in, uh, in, in, dude, Jesse Owens winning in Nazi Germany right before Hitler. Uh, the Lake Placid Olympics oh, with the hockey team. Yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and right in his face. And so that used to be the symbol of our country around the world. And now to see our athletes so, it's, it's cowardly and yeah. embarrassing. Embarrassing all of us and disrespectful the United States on the world stage because that is what they're doing. They're yeah, and, the you know, values, and they're, they're, so I could not agree values. more. They're, they're, we as customers have to decide, or anyone as a customer has to decide, do you want to support someone who's constantly disrespecting your country like that? Well, I, what I want to see from athletes, and th- this is how I feel about any of them, I, don't, I really don't care you know, where they lean politically. I want to see if they're doing the right things. If they're going to say something and, you know, that this is what they stand for, are they actually being proactive about it or is it just a tweet? Is it just, you know, kneeling at the anthem? Are you doing proactive things? I don't have to like it. it and as long as you're not committing crimes, if you're doing something you believe in that is being proactive in a positive way for whatever you believe in, go for it. I don't have to like it and other people don't have to like it either. I mean, I don't know if you saw this recent story about the Penn State alum that sent the letter to the Penn State football player about his dreadlocks um that to me was like all right like who who was that entitled to tell a player that your hair is too much without knowing a single thing about the content of that player's character and just lumping them in with what they relate those behaviors with i don't know if you saw that story about the penn state alumni letter yeah i guess my question would be do they they have grooming standards on the team Right, yeah, of course. Military, <laughs> well, they, they cl- Penn State clearly didn't have. Uh, Pe- well, to be fair, Penn State didn't really have standards about how they uh, handle their coaches and who's allowed access to the locker rooms with uh, uh, children with and uh, at risk children. Um, I, where were they sending letters to the coaching staffs when that all happened? That's what just it comes off as goofy to me. Um, when you know, I, I want to see people being proactive, whatever they believe in. It, it's easy to send a tweet. It's easy to say something before a microphone. Are you doing community outreach for what you believe in? Are you going to these countries that you claim they're oppressed and trying to help out? Are you going to these underprivileged countries and providing clean water? I know a former UFC fighter, Justin Wren, who has been going over to uh, Africa and providing clean wells for these people that don't have clean drinking water and no one talks about it because it's not a popular subject over here fight for the forgotten fight for the forgotten correct yeah i mean one of the big things too is, is for the customer they start realizing that you know the, the these organizations they claim to be you know they claim to stand out for america they claim to represent america but like you said i mean they have this huge international focus right now yeah whereas and and i will to be fair, LeBron James actually does do a lot of yeah, character. Yeah, uh, you can't right? bash his character whatsoever. And and so I would I would encourage and I would hope that more folks would, would learn, you know, from these, realize that there's other countries or other cultures that are vastly different from ours, that are vastly different values than ours. And hopefully that gives them a, new, a renewed respect for supporting the communities that put so much faith in these athletes, to put so much emotion and passion behind teams. Absolutely. Uh, with, with kids, look up to them. I mean, that's being a good role model, being right at home, giving back to that same community that puts so much faith in them. Yeah, and a good example in the NFL, um, there's a player who uh, was a, he's a former New Orleans Saint, Miami Dolphin, now he's on the Houston Texans, Kenny Stills. And he's been one of the guys that has been consistent, consistently kneeling for the national anthem. But what he's done, um, and while I don't like the kneeling, he has been working with the inner city communities and the local police departments to whatever community he's working in and bridging relationships between the people in the community and the police, uh, police department. He got to Houston, he got 
got traded right before the season started. And the the sheriff of the Houston Police Department said that Kenny Stills came to him and he wanted to put something together for an award for like cop of the month, the cop that had uh, just demonstrated the best values in the community. So while I may not like his protest to see that he is doing these things that he isn't even bragging about, that people are bringing up for him on his behalf, that's what I would like to see rather than you just take a knee. You know, there was guys kneeling that have criminal records for assaulting women and assaulting officers. Do something positive with the potential you have rather than, you know, just a tweet or just cower when it's convenient for you. Yep, I agree. Yeah, learn, learn, be proactive. Don't be provocative. Absolutely. So, Jack, you were telling me about a comic you have in the mix. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? I want to hear, hear about this. Uh, yeah, I want to hear from actor, right? What was yeah, that? So, uh, uh, Shameless Book Blog, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, we've, I've, I've decided, and, and really something I've, I've thought about for a long time for years, is that, you know, I, I'm in the day-to-day news game. I'm in the go, you know, the go, 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 you're flash the CC. Yeah, you're, you're const- constant cycle, hustle. Right? But, Entertainment and entertainment media is actually where I came from uh, in the start, uh, at least in terms of like my, my public writing while I was in the uh, intelligence community. Um, I used to run a, a Game of Thrones yeah, blog. The, for, like, yep, yeah, I remember years, it, right? yeah. And, and uh, I've always wanted to get back to that idea of entertainment, culture, you know, telling cool stories. And that's why it was so cool that a couple of guys from DC and Marvel uh, actually reached out to me, some, some real, like, legends in the industry, uh, Brett Stead, Sergio Pellinello, and Chuck Dixon, uh, about doing a comic series together, um, starting up with really a graphic novel series. And Chuck Dixon, if you, if you guys know the name, he's yep. the guy who created Bane and Batman. He's yes, the original sir. writer of Birth of Prey, which is now becoming, you know, a major movie with Marco Robbie, Harley Quinn, etc. Uh, he's going to have a credit on that. And so... He said, he said, I want to write a story with you, Jack, because like, I want to go back to the 1980s. I want to do G.I. Joe style, 18 style. Oh, yeah. That'd be sick. Woke uh, social justice you know, agenda. He said, could we just do something with no agenda and just tell fun stories? Again? I said, Hell yeah. That's, I want to do. I love that's why that. John Wick rules. Yeah. <laughs> John Wick's great. Right. So that's what we're doing. We're doing this thing. It's called Agent Poso Task Force Agents. And it's like me. And it's, it's based on me. This was their idea, believe it or not. They want to do it based on me. That's awesome. Uh, you know, because I was a former military intelligence officer. Um, my wife is there. Um, we've got, but we've got a whole A-team kind of situation. And then we're going to be going up against some of, you know, America's darkest enemies. Hell yeah. uh, there's going to be a Cobra-type organization. And the whole thing is up on Indiegogo. So you go to indiegogocom backslash Agent Poso. If you just search Agent Poso on there, P-O-S-O, like my last name, uh, you can find it. And it's, it's part of this pretty cool resurgence of comics artists who have just totally checked out of, like, the DC, Marvel, hyper-politicized environment. They're going straight to the fans. They're going straight to the consumer. Yeah. And they're saying, hey, come in, support our work, and let's just make fun comics again and leave the politics out of it. That's that's what I'm all about, man. Because that's some of my favorite stuff in the world. Where I don't need to be, I don't need a message yeah. in everything. I don't need some create, you know, some convoluted story that's supposed to make me change the way I feel or impact the way I feel. Uh, it's that's that's the way it should be. And you're working with some of the best people on this, D- dude. You're becoming a comic book character. Like that's like so, that's like a childhood dream for most people. Jack, I, I just I pulled up the the Indiegogo page real quick, and I just gotta say, it looks. Awesome, dude. It looks so cool. 
And Serious. You're gonna get a movie eventually, Jack. You're gonna you're, you're gonna get one for and sure. They're, gonna, they're actually gonna cast your. They said to me like, you know, because I you know I work with a lot of like politicians and I work with sure. a lot of like organizations in DC. And they said, Jack, what would you want to do a comic? Would you want to do a graphic novel for? I'm like, and I said, Have you guys been to a movie theater in like the last ten years? Do you <laughs> like, know what all those movies are based on? Yeah. Almost all of them. I watched a horror movie last night that was based on a comic, 30 yeah. Days a Night. Like, it's it's most of cinema. We were just having a conversation before you called that, that these movies are single-handedly keeping the theater business going at this point. And yeah, from, from The Walking Dead to The Joker to Avengers, you name it. Dude, they got Watchmen. Watchmen's coming back. Comics, Watchmen looks amazing. The show. Why wouldn't I do a comic? Yeah. stupid not to do it. And to be able to like not put any, you know not put any spin on it that's supposed to slant any certain way and just make it fun and make it about the fans where they can unplug from all the noise on the outside that is constantly trying to infiltrate their thoughts and feelings and just have some fun with it. That's the way it should be. Yeah, and it's really cool. We're, we're doing all you know. We were talking about China a lot. You know, this whole thing is made America. It's putting Americans to work. It's for American jobs. I'm actually not taking a cent from it. You know, I'm. Uh, I'm going to donate um, a portion of what I of my cut to the uh, to a veterans charity. Fantastic! And uh, we're going to try to roll this over into into becoming a series because I just I believe in the product. I believe in this idea of sort of like it, it's kind of like an anti Hollywood thing that we're starting yeah. to push because we're we're sick and tired of this agenda that's being yeah. pushed on. Sure, and especially by people who don't necessarily have you know your best heart, my best interest at heart. And I don't know what their agenda is, so I'm just going to go back to making fun stories and not being censored, right? That being, I mean, it's, it's not like a, you know, it's not like a, you know, no, you're not making, you're not making tort, you're not making torture porn, yeah, level violence, yeah, action, it, but it's just a fun, cool story. Do you guys have an idea on a, a release date? So we are doing we're sort of the pre-sales right now, and the pre-orders go for like just the next two weeks. Um, and then once that's cut down, so the way it works on Indiegogo is it's crowdfunded. So you're crowdfunding the actual production. So only about the first five pages of the book are done so far. Uh, once the crowdfund ends through pre-orders, people go in. There's all sorts of different tiers if they want to back the project. You know, sure. different goodies and parts bags you can get. You know, we're doing like embroidered patches and stickers and like two copies, three copies, however many you want. You could put your, you get your name printed in it. You know, like it's a different prank on the theme and stuff like that. So you can get drawn in it at a certain level. So, you know, you know, in the comic, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say, um, oh, sorry. Once once that's done, it'll probably be a couple more weeks of of production, and then we actually go to the printing and we start mailing them out. That's awesome, man. That's got to be – where would you rank this, like, a level of uh, excitement for you? Because this is, like, somewhat of a passion project, and, again, it taps into that childhood dream kind of thing, like hitting a major league oh, home dude, run. I mean, this is, like – I'm at a, I'm at a full ten on this thing. <laughs> dude. I've wanted to do for a while, and then once the artwork came in, I it through the roof. What yeah, it's got to be, like, that out of, body, out of body a little bit when you first see it. Like, whoa. Dude, I got to be honest. Like I said, just looking at the artwork and, the, like, everything, like, they have different tiers. You know, you want to back X amount of dollars. It comes with X, Y, and Z. So there's a lot of really good stuff in here, man, and, and I'm very excited now, for let, it. it. Let me ask awesome. you, when they when they turn it into a series, um, are you going to be upset when they try to cast you as a woman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. 
I never I never know anymore. Only if you ask nicely, dude. I'm just you know, I was just no, tell- that's, I own the rights to this thing. That's, that's something that's in my contract. That, I I have no gender swapping. None. That, that's perfect. Uh you it know, th- I was just telling these guys before on uh It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they did an episode about the the constant uh, sequels and remakes and how they try to bring in uh you know different races and genders to things and then tone it down from its original message and they just made fun of it and it was one of the most aware episodes of anything I've seen about what goes on and it's always sunny in South Park are the only like two shows that can still push those boundaries and not get thrown off the air still toe the line for sure yeah God bless them for what they're doing. Absolutely. For real. Well, Jack, uh, we've had you for about a half hour. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to plug and where people can find you? Uh, yeah, just, um, you know, you know, uh, obviously, uh, super happy if anybody wants to check out the comics, check out the projects, support, you know, independent content creators. But, of course, my day-to-day uh, is One American News, so OAN. And, uh, oh, OAN. Uh, oh, oh. People find some internet, Roku, et cetera, um, that were out there. You know, Boston stories, breaking stories, Awesome, man. And you are a fantastic follow on Twitter, I must say. You, you keep me entertained most days as I see things going on. Um, there was actually an article I tweeted to you earlier. <laughs> You have a lot of fun. There was an article I sent you earlier about uh, Joker and being about making fun of the mass media and their hype that I think you should check out as well. I sent it to you earlier this afternoon, but um, I'll send that to you again so you can check it out. But uh, Jack, I'm excited about the comic. I really appreciate you spending some time with us, and I hope we chat again soon. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Have a great night. You too, man. Take care, Jack. Have a good one. Bye. All right, and that was Jack Posobiec from One American News Network. Um, we just talked about his comic. I'm very excited for. Uh, genuinely great guy. Dude, I, I'm 100% backing this. Yeah, I already, I already did. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I did it. This he sent me the link this morning. I didn't when even I was know talking about it. No, him. I'm looking at it now. I'm 100% going to back. Him. Yeah, That's man. So no, cool. it's it's really really cool. Um, okay, why don't we get into uh, Breaking Bad? Um, this Friday, oh God, yeah. this Friday, uh, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie comes out. Um, very excited for it to see the story and the saga of Jesse Pinkman come to a, a, a true close. Because as we know on the show, while he escaped the lab and Walter White was dead, we don't really know how his story concluded. Yeah, for and sure. There was no way it ended well because at the end of the day, his fingerprints were everywhere and there were nine dead bodies in there. Mm-hmm. And it is confirmed Walter White is dead. Yep. He is dead. Um, that is confirmed. So why don't we start out with number 10 from each of you guys. And uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, number 10. So number 10, I just want to keep it short and simple. Number 10 is just going to be the pilot. The pilot, um, okay. It's a good place to start. It's where everything you know everything started. And not to mention that opening scene with him talking to the camera. Sure. To, uh, talking to his wife. And you're thinking to yourself, this is the opening scene. What the fuck am I going to get myself yeah, into? Yeah. But, um, that just, to me, just encapsulates what, the show already, became. what, what it became. And like... It almost like it's like all right, let's do this show, let's see what happens, and then it turned into more than that. Obviously, you know course. what I mean. So uh, number ten is the pilot because it's just it's such a great pilot episode. Absolutely, Josh. Do you have a number ten? Uh, yeah, actually, I had ranked the pilot number ten as well. Okay, you should talk into the microphone. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the pilot also. Okay, so I actually have a tie for number 10. Uh, my first one is, um, this episode is called Negro Wazula. This is from season two, episode seven. The main reason I picked this one is the opening song about Heisenberg, the, yeah. the, the mariachi band singing, and Danny Trejo is in it, and his head ends up on a tortoise when Hank is out there, and the guy's leg gets blown off. And my tie for number 10 um, is season three, episode 10, one of the most controversial episodes, Fly. 
Um, and I'm going to explain exactly why. No, there, there's a specific reason why. Every good series needs a good bottle episode. Sopranos had Pine Barrens. This one has Fly. This episode specifically describes what? I'm, I'm just I'm letting you do your thing first before I say anything. Let, let me explain. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad always has crazy, incredible, intense things happening. And sometimes, for me, while I love the show, it's a lot happening all at once. And for me, this episode encompassed the struggle between Walter White and Jesse Pinkman happening entirely. Walter's idea of control. And that's what ultimately brings to Walter's demise, is his control over everything. He wanted to control everything. His home life outside of the lab is the only place in his... Excuse me. The lab is the only place at that point that he had control in his life. His marriage was over. He was losing his children. He had nothing going for him and all he has is here so he's watching jesse as he's stealing meth to sell himself he's watching this fly that's contaminating the lab and he has this moment of levity the one moment of levity the last one he may have on the show where he considers telling jesse what happened to jane that he was there that night to me a bottle episode is supposed to bring about a struggle between characters and show you what it's going to eventually build to for me this is the defining character episode of the show that was the most important and I don't think this show could exist without the fly in its entirety Uh, I don't necessarily agree with you but I don't necessarily disagree with you either Uh, I think that the episode is a good cut because there's so much overwhelming shit it's a good pumping of the brakes yes that's that's as far as I'll take it with that uh um, but as far as number ten, okay, that's fine. If you had it higher, I would have a big problem. If you with look that. honestly, and if you look at most lists, it's never lower than like ten at the lowest. It's that's, always in top ten. That's fine for me. I, that that it, makes me feel a little better about it, it. It's consistently, and it's also the only episode that takes place in one spot. Well, it's it in the lap the whole thing. It was thing. because of budget constraints, and they had to figure something out. I just remember watching like the first watch. The first, the first time you watch, see it, it's I was like, like, "What the fuck, and then, man?" But I've I just finished watching the series again, mm. and while I loved the episode before this time. This this whole watch through changed my view, and it was the first time I watched it, and I hated Walter White with a passion. I hated you really him. hated Walter. No, he he is the biggest piece of shit oh, on the is, show. He is an asshole for he, sure. Yeah, it made me hate him. And that episode was the fr- last time on the show. I was like, I can have a little sympathy for him, and that meant to me the episode made an impact. All right, um, so all right, number nine. Number nine. Yeah, number nine is uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, Great just, episode. Just, it's literally just the introduction to Sal Goodman, and again, the same thing. Like, it's it's an iconic character, and the first time Jesse and Walt sit down with this guy, and you're like, this guy's a sleazeball. He's like, he's not gonna stick around. Like, he, sure. he, he's not. Not, he's not. He's not meant for this world. And next thing you know, he's one of the best and most main characters. He put a dollar in his pocket so and, he could be their legal counsel. Which, by the way, is one of the coolest fucking scenes. Yeah. When it's like they have him, like they're gonna shoot him and shit. Yeah. But yeah, number nine for me is Better Call Saul. I love okay. that. I, sh- I still have. I still have to watch that show all the way you through. I've only seen the first season. You need to watch it. Yeah, I know. Uh, number nine for me is uh, Hermanos. Hermanos is a great episode. Um, you know, is that what Gus you mean? is such a yeah impactful character on the show and he's there's a lot of air of mystery about him absolutely for most of the time that you know him and hermanos is the first time you really get to see inside of <clears throat> his mind and understand what makes him the way he is yep uh you know the reason for his obsession with hector yep um the reason why he's such a cold cold person because his best friend was shot in the head right in front of him yep at a, su- a surprise, he thought everything was going well, yeah. and killed right by the poolside. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a great episode. Uh, my number nine is from season. Uh, I wrote S E. Uh, this season? is season five. Excuse me, season five, episode eight. Uh, gliding overall. This is the episode with the prison killing when they kill all the prisoners that worked for Gus Fring. Um, and at the end of the episode, 
there's when Hank reads that book and sees WW and sees that it's Gail Bedecker's writing and he lifts his head up and that great realization and, he goes, Holy and then shit. we get the gap before the final season yep. uh, but that whole sequence with the prison killings 11 people being killed in just a short window while Walt is just drinking his scotch and looking at the clock is unbelievable Good unbelievable stuff. number 8 Nomas Nomas is an awesome episode I love Nomas I just love the fact that Skyler kicks him out like just like because you see Walter the person not Heisenberg like the, sure. the drug guy like you see him just everything's fucking falling apart and you see that like like these guys are human outside of like their superhuman drug cohorts yeah. like they're almost playing they're almost two different people yeah. you know what I'm saying and then Jesse is also in rehab he's trying to figure his shit out yep. um, but it's just one of those episodes that just hits you from the get go I absolutely love No Mas absolutely so, no, no Mas at number 8 for me Josh full measure full measure, measure. Um, you know Aaron Paul does such an amazing job in this episode at just showing his range as an actor you could see the hurt on his face Right before he pulls the trigger and has to kill Gale. Yep. Because he knows that while it's something he doesn't want to do, killing a... Man. I call him an innocent man. Sure. You know, we, we know he's not. A non-violent man. But a non-violent man, but he knows that it's either him or Jesse and Walt. Yeah, and there's also a level where I think when he's waiting to pull the trigger that he's realizing how much he's under Walt's control and manipulation, Dude, too. that to me was like the turning point when like it went from okay this is kind of like uh, you know drama this this full on went full crime yeah like fucked crime up epic, crime, crime epic epic yeah. at that point for um, real my number eight is Dead Freight from season five episode five uh, the train heist um, you know, you get to see that sociopath Todd in his full form for the first time. The whole sequence with Bill Burr stopping the truck on the train tracks, Burr, and then he's pressing things to make smoke come out and <laughs> shit. Uh, Dead Freight is an incredibly awesome, intense episode. So that's my number eight. Number seven, IFT. Um, I, I fucked Ted. Yeah, she did. <laughs> number seven, IFT. I IFT fucked Ted. Great. Just to end the episode like that, I fucked Ted. I just love the fact that Walt, like literally, like my from eight to seven, like he's like. Skylar kicks Walt out. The very next episode I love the most is when Walt's Ted. like, fuck you, I'm moving back in. He's like, Walter's like, fuck you, I'm moving back in. He's trying to pull the pizza down, all that I shit. I fuck Ted. But like, it's, um, and Jesse's also thinking about getting back in the game because he was trying to get sure. clean and sober at yeah. that point. It's just, I just love that Great episode. Great episode. Uh, number seven for me is Cornered. Um, there's, there are a couple episodes throughout the course of the series where, where Walt has one of these monologues and Brian Cranston just does an amazing, amazing job at just coming, showing you what a truly evil man yep. Walt has become. And I think this is one of the first times where he really scares Skyler. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, with the whole "I am the danger." Yeah. I yeah. Am someone the knocks one on the someone knocks on the door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No, I am the danger. I am the one that knocks. It's one of the most iconic lines in television history. That's a good choice. Uh, number seven for me is Salud, uh, season four, episode ten. That is the poison tequila uh, when uh, Gus Fring takes out the entire cartel. Uh, just an amazing buildup to see Gus Gus keep that composure after he drinks it himself, and then he goes into the bathroom and he places down so gently, so calmly the towel. Um, you know, and then the shootout where Jesse steps his game up. Um, just a, an awesome, awesome episode. Well, you're a piece of shit because you just had two of my favorite episodes. Because number six for me is Salud. Salud. Yeah. So we just oh, said exactly. The whole great. tequila thing is unbelievable. Josh, your number seven? Uh, my number seven is uh, Say My Name. Say My Name is, Say yeah, name that's is the great. last season. Yep, um, that's, a, that's another one of those things where, where Walt just... His vocal tone is different when mm -hmm. he's in that Heisenberg mode and he needs to make a point where yep. he's like, you don't fuck with me. He's, he's, he's in, You're he, goddamn right. He, yep. he hits that baritone. Right? Yeah, and then, then just, the, just the end with Mike. 
Shut the fuck up and let me die in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. And I love it. Mike, Mike's death sucked, man. I love Mike Armantrout. And that's another reason why Better Call Saul is so good because it gives such a backstory to Mike. Um, honestly, if I like, if I had to make an episode of just my favorite uh, or a list of my favorite episodes between both shows, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, there's an episode in season one where Mike talks about why he's so protective of his granddaughter on Breaking Bad, about what happened to his son um, in the Philadelphia Police Department. And uh, Jonathan Banks did an incredible job job with that character um and again better call saul is a must watch um so taylor you're number six uh no number six was salute okay well, number, no, i didn't get to do number six yeah then. so you're okay, number my, six, i'm right. up next excuse me uh my number six i don't know how to say this one it's season five episodes 13 it's uh the fourth to last episode uh tohajile i believe tohajile yeah. that's the episode when uh the desert showdown begins when uh they convince walt that they found his money and he just leads them exactly to where it is um it, it's beginning uh of the avalanche that is the end of breaking bad and that's the best way to describe the last four episodes of breaking bad is an avalanche mm-hmm. and just to see that moment when Hank has to finally stare down Walt and realizes he got him. He calls Marie and says, oh, we got him. And then Uncle Jack shows up. And it, and the credits cut to black with the shootout happening. Uh, unbelievable episode. Um, so now we're on your number five? Number five. Number five. Felina. Um, the finale. Yeah, the, app, the last one. Um, you know, it's the, it's the end of an icon. I just love this. I, it's hard, you, There are very few times when shows will end and it's perfect and they leave it alone. Absolutely. And this is one of those times. And like, even though like El Camino is right around the corner, what, two days away at this point? Friday. Um, I don't feel like any of us are like, oh my God, why can't they just leave? Because usually we have this conversation yeah, a lot. Why sure. can't they leave it alone? Yeah, why couldn't they just leave it? But this is one of those things where the show is so perfect and where they're going with it is great. And the way they ended the show makes Felina, even though number at number five sounds weird because it's such sure, a perfect sure. ending. Um, it's just, I just love the fact that Walt's dead. It's a great finale. It's yep. Walt is dead. And the fact that the 50 cal out of the fucking yep. back of the car. Trunk oh gun. My, I trunk, love hashtag it, trunk gun. Trunk, uh, Josh, I love it. you're number five. Face off. Face off. Um, yeah, that's a... <laughs> it's incredible. You know, that, that ending shot uh, of Gus walking out of the room with his face half blown off and he... Fixes his fixes tie. Fixes his tie. Yeah. And then just collapses. Collapses yeah. and dies. Yeah, that, that's just... That goes to show you the creativity of Vince Gilligan. Sure. You, you know, know how happy I was? was expecting that. You know how happy I was? I was more happy that the fucking asshole in the wheelchair was dead than fucking <laughs> Gus. Honestly, my, I was tired. My T.O.? Yeah, my T.O.? I was so tired tight, of that. Tight, tight, tight. <laughs> um, okay. What's wrong with your fucking burrito? Uh, my number five is Crawl Space. Um, that's the episode after, well, it's the episode where Gus takes Walter out to the desert and tells right. him, you're out of this business. Um, I will kill your wife. I will kill your son. I will kill your infant daughter. Um, <laughs> and then he wants to get that exit strategy thing. So he's like, I got to get out of here. We got to disappear. He goes to the crawl space looking for his money, realizes it's not there. Skylar comes home, and he's just in the crawl space laughing hysterically, starting out crying, then laughing, when he realizes that Skylar gave all the money to Ted Beneke to pay off his tax evasion. Um, it, to me, that that shot is probably my favorite shot in the entire show of Walter in the crawl space laughing hysterically. It's very Realizing that the mess he's in as it just pans away slowly. It's very diehardy. Number four. You said it earlier. Number four for me is Dead uh, dead Freight. Yeah. It's, um, I just love Todd going fucking balls to the wall in this No episode. emotion. Just shoots the kid. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, Todd, he plays a great sociopath, that guy. Great. He has the face of like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with that He also has one of the best Black Mirror episodes. Oh, yeah. One of the best Black Mirror Still episodes. Still show I have to watch. The Star Trek. Dude, just put on the Star Trek episode tonight. It's an hour long. Trust me. It's the first episode of season four. I need a break from Madden, so I'll I'll tell you the episode. Text me later. Um, Josh, you're number four. One minute. One minute. Yep. Um, I think that there are 
there's very few episodes of TV where there's a sequence as intense and like that just has you gripping the edge of your seat, wondering what's going to happen when the Salamangas attack Hank. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and you know Hank's realization of what's happening and how quickly he reacts to yeah. it. Perfect. He, just an awesome, it's, awesome job. And uh, my number four was uh, Taylor's number five, Felina. Uh, the finale, we already talked about it, but there's so many other little things in the episode I like. Uh, bringing in Skinny Pete and uh, Badger one last time just to put the laser pointers oh, on. that was cool, yeah. Uh, on what's her name? Uh, Gretchen and Elliot. Um, you know, that, that to me was perfect, just getting them in there one last time. Uh, Walt going to see his daughter one last time. That shot of him looking at Walt Jr. just through the glass, seeing his son one last time in person. Um, the way he took out Lydia uh, with the ricin. The ricin finally actually used, not on a child. Yeah, um, and then one of my favorite things um, is the last shot of the episode with Walt on the ground, panning away, and Badfinger, Baby Blue Plays. An incredible song that I get... The first lyrics are i guess this is what i deserve awesome i'm getting chills thinking about it because it's 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 one of the great finales in television history. it's gonna i'm gonna end up re-watching some of this again just Dude, to get like get familiar with it again but it's worth i mean it. but uh for okay so one number of my, three number three uh number three is phoenix man uh, yeah. Phoenix is fucking awesome, and this is this to me is when Walt goes full Heisenberg. Sure, he just sit there and watch James choke to death. Yeah, like that, it's one of those things. I remember, where like, oh my so god, when I watched it, so I, I can elaborate because this episode is on my list, so I would yeah. talk about it for my time. Um, I first started watching Breaking Bad. It was uh, shortly after we had opened at Best Buy, and I had to go to a training, and I was in a hotel, and I was like, I'm finally gonna watch a show, and I remember that episode where he watched Jane die, and I was like, oh. Motherfucker. That was, you know, you'd already seen signs of him becoming, you know, completely removed from humanity. But that moment when he saw his, you know, there's a question of was he doing it because he could see the same end coming for Jesse and he was protecting him, or was he doing it to protect his own interest, which is what I lean towards. But an incredible episode. At when you put it like that, because it was so early on before he was really that fucked up guy, I I could I could see it going either way. But I like the fact that we had, we could yeah it, think it's about a it. We don't know. It's a question. Yeah, sure, right. You sure. don't know for sure. But yeah, number three for me is Phoenix. I absolutely love Josh. It. Number three. I was thinking. Oh, we're on three. Oh. Yeah, we're on. Three. I thought we were on two for some reason. Uh, yeah, my three is Felina. Yep. Um, you know, all the same reasons. Yep. It's it's kind of... I think now a lot of them are going to be the same, and I'm confident we all have the same number one. Yeah. Um, okay, so why don't we get into um, number... What are we on? Oh, my, oh no, I'm, on, you're three. On, three. I'm on three. Yeah. Number three for me is Face Off also. Um, obviously, the shot of Gus Fring walking out. Uh, there's a... The whole episode is just awesome, though. There's a part that makes me laugh when he's first... Uh, when Walt is first trying to set this up, and he's sitting outside, and the old woman, Hi! <laughs> almost blows it, just waving to him. Hi! Shh. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, we said everything about it. That shot of Gus walking out. Um, it is. You know, Gus Fring to me is one of the best television villains ever. And the fact that a lot of television villains don't get great send offs. He got maybe the greatest send off. That shot of him. And I think I there's someone that uh, I, I someone that works still that said they have the uh, the actual prosthetic of Gus like that. Oh really? That's a great prop to own. That's awesome. Number two to you, Taylor. One minute. That's my number two also. I so, absolutely, I so, love this episode. Yeah, uh, because I talked I, about it already, Josh. Yeah. The, the, that last 15 minutes, but even before that. 
when Hank gets suspended. He, it starts well, out with him beating the shit out of Jesse Pinkman, right? Mm-hmm. The whole episode. And, and then he, he gets the phone call, someone's going to kill you in one minute. Well, he it's, it's, freak- it's Gus Fring. Well, I yeah. know, I'm just saying, but like he's freaking the fuck out. And like a lot of people think he's unhinged because he beat the shit out of Jesse. Sure. So like he's he's well, really also, on his own. There's also a great spot in that episode um, that gets overlooked because the last 15 minutes are so crazy is when he finds out he's suspended and he's leaving and he leaves with Marie and you, they just show that quick shot of him crying. This one moment where you see Hank Schrader breaking down emotional, elevator doors back open up, and he's strong and Hank Schrader again. Um, and it brings his character into a full circle for that whole storyline. Um, and of course, he still took out the Salamanca, or as I like to call them, the Miguel Cotto twins. Yeah, because um, they yeah. both look like Miguel Cotto. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fantastic episode. Um, your so number Josh, two, Josh? Uh, my number two is to Hajali. Yeah, so we talked about it before. Uh, unbelievable episode. And then I just I just want to see this. At the same time, all three of us at the same time, on the count of three, say number one. We're all going to say one, it One, yeah, two, two, three. three. Ozzy Mendes. Yeah, it's, it's not right. even close. It's, yeah. it's, to me, while this isn't my favorite show ever, this is the best episode of television I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it is... There. It is intense. It is emotional. It is powerful. Uh, the moment Hank gets killed, and that's the first time you see Walter White come to terms with the mistakes he's made that they have now impacted his family. Like He felt genuine guilt and remorse because he just watched his brother-in-law that he was incredibly close with mm-hmm. get gunned down. I like... It, like as far as being like the best episode of TV I've ever watched, Ozzy Mendias, like depending on how I feel, Ozzy Mendias and the Red Wedding could flip flop. Red Wedding, you know Pine Barrens, Pine, there's, there's right. multiple. But this I'm saying one, is like for this one, I don't know. It's, I, there, there's been very few episodes of television that kept my heart just pounding from the first minute to the well, last. Just, Recently, The Long Night was one of them that was just yeah, like this the so whole time. So much anxiety. And you know, then you get that moment, that that moment in this episode, I watched Jane die, mm-hmm. where it's just like. Dude, this, the the look on fucking Walter's face. Well, he's the one that tells him Jesse's under the car. He's no, hiding. I, yeah, I, like the look on his face, just the absolute horror. When, when Hank gets shot, and he collapses. And he just like looks at him, and because it's one of those things where like you've known these guys for so long, you've known yep. these characters, you've gone across them to them, and the way it happened, yeah, and the fact sure. that like for that split second, like you said, you actually feel bad for Walt for being the piece of shit that he's become. You actually feel bad for the fucking guy. Yeah, for sure. It is so fucking beautiful and the fact that it, like you it's feel Ryan so many Johnson different directed. emotion like I don't know man. Yeah. It's just it's fucking fantastic. Josh, any comments on the episode? Um, Yeah, you know you, there's a couple of different times in this episode. You know, I talked about earlier with uh, the monologues that Walt has tend yeah. to have throughout the, the course of the series and, and just two things that he says. Right, you mentioned before when he says, I watched Jane yeah. die is one of them. And he says it with pride. And, like he's proud of it. Yeah, and right. It, and, you know, it was for a different reason. He said what he said to kind of protect Skylar, but he tapped into just what an evil, well, when he tries to take, person. He, he takes uh, the daughter, he takes mm-hmm. the baby, and, and then he makes that phone call. And he says, the last thing he says, toe the line, Skylar. Or you'll end up just like Hank. Yeah, and like, you see Marie, oh Marie, and Marie breaks down. That's crazy. Um, and there's also a line from Hank in this one that I really like is when he's trying to, when Walter's trying to negotiate with Jack to let him go, and Hank says, "You're the smartest guy I've ever known, but you can't even realize that he made up his mind ten minutes ago." And then, sure enough, he shoots him. And uh, yeah, a- again, I think this might be my favorite episode of television ever. I yeah. don't, I don't remember. You know, there's certain things when you have like a favorite movie, a favorite album, you remember vividly everything you felt when you saw that or heard that that first time. Like, I remember every... I remember exactly how I was sitting. Honestly, with most of these episodes, I remember every little thing that happened. And it's unfair to a lot of episodes to not make these this list because there's ones that you guys mentioned that weren't on mine that are great. 
And for me, it's probably my second favorite show ever. It's always going to be Sopranos, and then two and three go between The Wire and Breaking Bad and uh, Leftovers. And Sopranos is finally Sopranos is my top three. Right, like right now, my top three would be Thrones, this, and I'm telling you. And Better Call Saul is making an incredible. I don't know if you're caught up on Better Call Saul at all. I'm the last season I finished was three. I was really mad when I finished three again uh, yesterday. I caught up on it, and then I wanted to start season four when I realized it's not on Netflix yet. Yeah. What? I, I was not happy about that. Well, I, I can't even talk. Uh, I only have almost seen season one. But Better Call Saul, what it does so well is that it, it doesn't have the same stakes. And obviously, when you don't have the same stakes and it's a prequel where you know your main character has no risk of dying, right? You know that he's not going to be at risk, and they can create these incredibly tense moments that you know aren't really at risk. And without having the stakes being the same and you know, a drug empire... It's so well written. It is so witty. It is so funny. The cast on it is so good. Bob Odenkirk, to see his Saul character before he was Saul when he was Jimmy McGill is incredible. And to see the lore of Breaking Bad expand more. Like, I just watched the episode when... Gus Fring finds the lab that Walt's going to cook in, and you get to meet Lydia for the first time. You find out how Mike came into Gus's service. Um, it's it's definitely not Breaking Bad, but it's creating its own legacy, and I'm going to be very interested to see how they tie it off. Um, I think there's only two seasons left yeah. is what I'm pretty sure on. Uh, all right, Josh, you want to set up for football? I um, do. Camera? Um, Taylor, I'm we're, just trying to see if I had anything else for you. We're, we're definitely running pretty long, and I kind of dig it. I'm yeah, I'm fine, I'm with, fine with I'm, it. I'm about it. Let me see if I have anything else for you, Taylor. We can talk about some more things. Well, I was going to say um there was some okay so um uh you you posted it i believe it was a couple weeks ago sure. when i when i got I'm sick sure i did but the one thing um i just want the listeners to understand is that uh outside of the album that i give dan every week uh there's a lot more albums coming out there's a lot of stuff that i listen to and a lot of stuff coming out on the day-to-day um so i'm gonna personally try to review as many of these things as i possibly can also while putting up my albums of the year yeah um, so we will um you'll ke- take a look on you watch taylor posted his first review last week for uh day seeker sleep talk um he's going to be posting one review a week um, and I'm going to try getting more into doing some movie reviews here and there. I unfortunately do a lot with the football stuff on there. Yeah, I know you do. A lot well, I, I just realized, I didn't realize that you've been doing power rankings on yeah, top sure, of that. Sure. I didn't even know that. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. I like my power rankings. I have I, fun with that. Well, I read it today for the first time. Yeah. I'm like, yo, they're pretty good. Yeah, like mine are actually fair. I'll tell yeah. you when to start, Josh. There's just a couple other things I, I wanted to go over. You have, you have the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger camera. I forgot about that. Um, so something I want to, uh, uh, someone that passed this week, uh, one of the great drummers of all time, Ginger Baker of Cream. I saw that. Um, yeah, one of, my top, one of my years old or one of my top five drummers of all time, maybe top three. Right. Um, I love Cream. I'm an Eric Clapton fan. Cream was such a revolutionary band. I was bummed to hear Ginger Baker died. Uh, Ginger Baker did a ton of work with uh, Paul McCartney, with everyone you could think of. Very hard to work with because he was so meticulous about his drumming. Um, he wasn't a guy that like one of my favorite drummers is Keith Moon from the Who, but his drumming style is what I would call pounding. He beats the fuck out or did beat it's, the fuck out of it's, the drums. It's what it's what Dave Grohl did with Nirvana. Yeah, sure. He beat the shit out of this. But drums. then you yeah. listen to Ginger Baker and there's such a a, a simplicity and, but aggressiveness to his style. You, you know who uh, a lot of a lot of people sleep on that was to me was just as good and like took the same style holistically as Ginger Baker. Stuart Copeland of the Police. Absolutely. He, the I'm guy not even was a big Police fan, but Stuart Copeland is awesome. He's amazing, awesome. dude. Um, another thing. I want to acknowledge is the announcement of a very, very important book that's coming out in April, guys. What's the book? The book is called Big Sexy, The Memoir of Bartolo Colon. I'm in. I'm I, in. I, it's, all like, it, it's called Big Sexy. Yeah, we, it's called 
big sexy. We, we need to we need to all get it. We all need to write a ten page book report after I, we I'm read down. it. Did you see the video of Bartolo in like Puerto Rico playing baseball against fifteen year olds? Bro, he's throwing he's, like he's throwing like eighty six mile an hour fastballs, just blowing them away. Just Actually, uh, before we started uh, football, I wanted to talk baseball with you guys sure. for just a second. I, sure, I need your input. You deserve well, to talk you, baseball. Actually, I want to say something because. <laughs> Atlanta Braves. Oh, <laughs> gave did up you see that runs shit? in the first uh, inning? Most um, runs ever given up in an inning of a baseball playoff game. I want to ask awesome. you guys this question sure. as Mets fans, because sure. I think that the three of us in this room, we're realistic mm-hmm. about the New York baseball Absolutely. situation. You know, More so I, than others, yes. I admit, yeah, I admit uh, that... 90% of Yankees fans are cunts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I would think that you guys would also admit that the same percentage of Mets fans absolutely. are cunts. Certainly, oh so certainly. The God. other day, a friend of mine at work said, Hey, Josh. You might have seen me tweet about this. Yeah, I did. How do you feel about losing the rookie home run record to the Mets? Ha, ha, ha. Why would you fucking say that? Of all Why? times. Maybe you, if, if the Yankees get balanced, you, you could say it. Yeah. Then you could say it. Yeah, yeah. When, the cha- when they still have a chance, then what you do if the Yankees win the World Series, hey, man, how does it feel to see number 28? You got to see number fucking 22 through two. Yeah, you got to live through these. You fucking yeah. asshole. Listen, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I got mad because, like, I, was, I had tickets to the game that fucking Alonzo broke the record, and he hit it. In the section where and I have, where I was and, fucking and, sitting, and you were, you were, I was in the hospital dying. <laughs> I have a good, wait, hold on, I have wait. A good he hits Taylor fi- with the fucking tubes in his nose. That's exactly what I had. Right, <laughs> and I, I had the fucking thing on the wrist. Thanks for I, taking a screenshot, dude. I was like, don't worry, it's just for me. Here's the worst part, right? He hits fifty three. I go fucking nuts, and the nurse the nurse walks in and goes, "Can you shut up? People are trying to sleep. They're actually sick." They actually said the same They're thing. They're actually sick. <laughs> 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 saying he's just being a fucking hypochondriac. I'm just like, yo, I was super dehydrated and I couldn't eat for a week everything's fine there's a dude down the hall I can't fucking breathe really and I'm like I'm, I'm pissed that Alonzo hit 53 I had tickets well, if too. we're on baseball quick. but you yes shut the yeah, fuck shut up. up shut up you're, I mean, you're in, you're like, in yeah, the playoffs you're in the really ALCS cool. dude like, it's awesome Alonzo did it it's a really cool it's it's history it was cool when Judge did and it and to be it honest history. I feel better about it knowing that what happened to Verlander the other night you know what yeah, I'm saying? Fair. Like I feel a little bit better about it. Well, but it honestly, sucks. if I'm the Yankees, Yankees you're gonna get I would, first. I would much rather play the um the Rays. Astros and the Ra- no, I'd much rather play the, the Astros and the Rays. Right. For the, playing the Rays sets them up for immense. Well, failure. there's a couple things at play here. First I'm off, saying, like, it I, could I be hate catastrophic. I hate the idea of divisional games in the playoffs. They're yeah. the scariest because those are the ones that can always go either way. Even exactly. though the Yankees had a winning record against the Rays this year, we know their history suggests otherwise against mm-hmm. the Rays. The other thing. They're, you'd rather play the Astros because their rotation is all out of whack now. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. not going to get Verlander or Cole first game. That's that's out of the question. Not that mm-hmm. Grenke's any easier to face. But, but still, it's Grenke. It, exactly. It's still Grenke. And the other thing is, I would rather play the team that is expected to win, that has all the pressure on them, than the team that's playing with house money like the well, Rays. Because those teams are teams of destiny. They get all the, like the Mets in 2015, those little breaks that go their way. Or, you don't want to play that team. Well, I was going to say, even, even better... 2015, Kansas City Royals. Everything the Kansas City Royals, yeah. I mean, they, but you know they, were, I mean? they had one of the best, they had the second best record in the AL that but, year. But what I'm saying so is, the Rays like, yeah. being a wild card team, every couple years, there's that team that no one expects that makes that run. I'd rather play the well, Astros. I was just saying, if you were playing the Astros again, like when you guys went to Game 7 in the ALCS, I'd be more scared of that team. Yeah, Again, of course. Just because of course. Like, yeah, that, that, that really, the World that, Series. That, yeah. that was really a team of destiny. You the know Twins I mean? were the worst 100 win team in Major League history. Dude, that was the worst. Every, they were propped was, up by a I shitty was division. I was so How happy people... when that was 
going to be the series. Because they kicked the shit out of them. Every time. Every time. It wasn't even remotely close. So, always oh, what's the score in the Nationals game right now? Because I don't want oh. them to win because, you know, the Nationals, going back to the Expo days, have not won a playoff series since 1981. That makes me very happy. Which, the, if they won tonight... And if I, take second, Salsen, if I take Salsen being a cunt, that the Mets were 13-3 against them the, this year. The second longest streak, or that would... Actually, it is the longest streak right now, is the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have not won a playoff series since 1979. Hey, Richie. Um, yeah, hey, Richie. Um, you had Garrett so, Cole so if, we're talking ba- if we're talking baseball, who do you guys want to see as the Mets manager? Girardi. Girardi. Yeah, I just, I, I just want, I just want Joe uh, back. Girardi would be my number one choice, but I, uh, okay. I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, so before you go any further with that, sure. I, I got a bone to pick with the because Joe's on commentary doing the yeah. fucking thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have no problem if you want to have that conversation off air. Don't put him on the spot like no, that. No, I loved it. I, loved I didn't him like being it asked. at all. I don't. I thought he. I thought he handled it well. I wouldn't have liked it if he didn't handle it properly. No, he handled it well. I don't like being put on the someone being put on the spot like that because like, well, because I, I, I immediately think of the Beats by Dre Apple deal Here's, when Tyrese um, almost fucked that up. I'm saying is like, what if what if they were in contract negotiations and then spilling the beans on live air fucks that well, up? Here's I, the thing about Joe uh, for you guys that I think is important to remember. He's a good manager. Um, no, I mean, he's yeah, obviously, he's a good manager. good manager. So you look at a guy like Mickey Calloway, he comes sure. in, is he going to be a good manager? Great, great guy, but you a know, terrible he's a great guy, manager. he's a good player guy. But, but no it, experience in, so in game. The thing, the thing about Joe is he's got experience in as a manager, as a World Series winner, in New York. And, also and a catcher, to fair, too. And he also has experience as a manager in the National League. Mm-hmm. His style with the Yankees was always more of a National League manager. Yeah. He did double switches. He did a hit and run. He a great bullpen manager as well. Um, he won manager of the year with the Marlins and got fired that year. Yeah. Well, did, didn't, he, didn't he get fired off a 101 season with the Yankees, too? Well, yeah. yeah, they fell one game short of the it World Series. A, that was, that it was wasn't 2016. a firing. It was a mutual parting yeah, of the ways. Yeah, they didn't give him an extension. It's a nice, way, it's a nice way of saying um, but, get out. Yeah, but, Girardi yeah. should be the number one choice, but uh, who's your number two choice? Because I don't think they're getting Joe Girardi. I would think if it's not Joe Girardi, I remember there was one point in time I said Buck Showalter, and I've completely no, rescinded that. I, no, I, I, I would take Buck in a heartbeat. I, I've, if, I've, it depends on the circumstances. I've, Buck has a history of winning early on. That's all we need right now. I, Fair I, I've, I've also retracted that a little bit because if there's any opportunity of pouncing on top and mending the relationship with Carlos uh, Beltran, I would do that. Beltran, I know who you don't want. Who? Dusty Baker. No, 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 no. shot. I don't want anything to do with Dusty Baker. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with uh, Joe McEwing they've talked about. I'd be fine with that. One name that's coming up is Frank Cantalano, who I, was I, a really good player. I, I heard that Rojas kid who's down in the minors right now who should be a bench coach first. Yeah, that's he's someone... I'm really interested in the idea of Carlos Beltran because he is one of the he's probably the greatest Met free agent acquisition of all time despite mm-hmm. what some fans like to say. He was awesome for us. He'll probably go in the Hall of Fame as a Met as a player. You got to mend you got to mend that relationship before you get him well, in the Well, I think the, the relationship's first. fine now. I think it, it, it was well the relationship problem was with Sandy Alderson. It wasn't with the current regime. He I, was I thought it was with Omar, the, I thought it was with the Wilpons. No, no, but Omar Manaya was a Sandy Alderson got mad because he got microfracture surgery while they were trying to trade him. Um, and he hurt the trade and trade and he, the doc, the team told him not to get the surgery that's and he did anyway. Smart. That's actually pretty smart. Um, and so, but he's close to Omar Minaya, who was GM that signed him and is now back with the team as special assistant, um, or he's like a vice president kind of thing. Um, he's, he's an advisor. He, yeah, Beltron to me, he's one of the smartest players to ever play the game. 
um, and he became a very good leader in his later years. I, and if you see the success Alex Cora's had, not that long after playing, I'm all about it. I tell you what, too, man, he has one of my favorite, like, one of my favorite postseason runs ever with the Astros that one year. Yeah, like, I mean, he's I just, one of the great postseason. He, he had a really good postseason for the Yankees, too, when he mm-hmm. was with them. Um, he sure did. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, Josh, so, yeah, whatever you are. Joe Girardi and the other one. All right, guys, uh, this is uh, week six of the NFL. Um, we're going to give you our picks. Again, um, for all you guys betting, go to BetDSI, promo code YWIL. Place that deposit right away for a 100% bonus match, and you'll get free $25 to wager right away. And make so some go to good money BetDSI.com, promo code YWIL when you sign up. Um, so we're in week six of the NFL. Um, <laughs> last week, Taylor, you had your first good week at 10-5. and five. Yo, I had a great week uh, last Josh, week. Josh, you went 9-6. I went 8-7. and seven. Josh is still in the lead with a record of 48-29-1. I am right behind him two games, 46-31-1. And, and Taylor, you are still in third at 42-35-1, but you made up some ground. You were about nine games happy. back last week. You know how mad I was that I picked the fucking Browns on Monday night when I was like, my gut told me San Francisco, yeah, but I'm like, it's not going to happen. I was, I was the only one that took the Niners. I was surprised. You, but to be fair, Taylor, I got to give you props. You're the only person that took the Colts. Um, he was the only one. Um, so Ask me all the questions you want now, motherfucker. I'm not Go going ahead. to. Um, so why don't we get right into this? Uh, the Thursday night game sounds like a real tough one. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, the New York football giants at the New England Patriots. What do you think the spread on that is, Taylor? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, 16 and a half. The Patriots are 16 and a half point favorites at home. The Giants are going to be without uh, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and Saquon Barkley. Um, there ain't going to be no Eli Manning magic with this game. Nope. I'm sorry. Daniel Jones, while he looked great in week one, he's kind of looked like a rookie now. Listen. And it's expected. He's you're, a rookie. You're playing, the best, you're, playing, you're playing the best defense in the NFL with a rookie quarterback. with The best uh, with, team in the NFL. With, with, no, with uh, Evan, no Evan Ingram, no Sterling Shepard, no Saquon Barkley. For what it's worth, those are your best offensive weapons. They are done Yeah, with a rookie quarterback. Sorry, dude. Listen, if they somehow do not cover this spread, that is terrible. But you should definitely there get are the over some, There are some worries that I have with the Patriots because their offensive line is really beat up, and losing James Devlin was a, a massive... Didn't they lose Shaq Mason, too? They, lost Shaq Ma- they, yeah. they, they haven't had their starting center. It's the worst their offensive line. I mean, the, ne- the Redskins took down Tom Brady four times. So yep. there's some questions there. They're going to be without Philip Dorsett again. Um, but obviously, Julian Edelman's playing great. Um, but we're all taking the Patriots? Yes, yes yeah, definitely taking the say. Patriots. And also, take the over. Well, we're going to take to your bets. I'm sorry, uh, I just have to. That's like a uh, given. Next game. This is actually a pretty good one. Uh, this is Carolina. The Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at London. Um, Panthers are two-point favorites. Um, I'll go first. Sure. I'm taking the upset. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yee. I take them as an up-and-down team. I think the Panthers, being that they've been going so hot and they want a thriller um, you know, against Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars, to me this is kind of a come-down game and in the division in London against a team that has shown that they can put up points in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston is actually playing pretty well right now. It's not bad. He's playing pretty clean football. I'm ha- not happy about um, it. And uh, I think this is the kind of game where – it's a divisional game, which are always tougher. I'm going to take Tampa in London. Uh, so, yeah, Tampa Bay. So, I actually – I'm going to take the Panthers. Uh, a lot of me is leaning solely on Christian McCaffrey. Uh, well, yeah, he has I more did, offensive yards himself than the entire Jets team does. He, he, he has more <laughs> – like 150. Well, hold on. He has more yards from scrimmage than Todd Gurley and Saquon Barkley combined, even though Saquon is still hurt. Yep. That's still – that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Um. Um. I did say early in the season, I really do believe that Christian McCaffrey is MVP worthy this year, and he's proving it that to me. depends on what the Panthers do, um, obviously. But a lot of it has to do with 
Christian McCaffrey. Um, and the fact that this, uh, what, this not it's fall, a great this, Panthers um, defense. Allen, this this, this Allen kid's playing, playing really, really well. This Panthers defense is awesome. They're giving up the least amount of yards per reception. Luke is playing out of his fucking mind, possibly the best of his career you, as well. You know what's funny? No one's fucking talking about no, it. No, of course not. Not one person. But uh, for that reason, and Christian McCaffrey alone offensively, because I don't think no one can contain him, no matter who how good you are, I'm going to take the Panthers. Josh. Uh, the well, Panthers, he is hurt. The Panthers you. should win, but London is always weird, so I'm taking Very the Bucks. Weird. All right. Well, that's the same thing. I took uh, the Raiders. The ra- no, the, the other team. The Raiders, or the Bears. I took, took the Bears. Yeah, I took yeah. the Bears, too. Um, yeah, I, there is some worry about Christian McCaffrey. He hurt his back on that flip into the end zone. If you but, notice, but, he then, but then he scored two touchdowns No, after he that. wasn't on the field the rest of the game. He wasn't on the field for the last that 10 was, minutes that of was the his, game. That was his first touchdown. What are you talking about? Well, uh, I'm sorry. He wasn't on the field for the last 10 minutes of the game in the fourth quarter. Well, he, he didn't he, have to be, though. Well, no, no, he was hurt. He's on the injury report for the first time in his career. Well, we'll see. So I'm a little worried about that because back issues for a running back, especially yeah, well, someone that jumps in and out of anyone. his... Jumping in right. out of, the way he jumps in and out of his cuts, yeah. um, there's well, something to worry about that's, there. That's news to me, but uh, for sure. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ravens at home uh, coming off an overtime win over the Steelers. 11.5 point favorites. Do we have to spend much time? Nope. Um, I know Lamar Jackson didn't play great last week. He still found a way to win. Uh, the Ravens' defense is a concern, though. Uh, they're giving up the third most yards per play at 6.7 yards per play, which is pretty crazy. So every second play, you're getting a first down against them right now. Um, but, yeah, I think we're all taking the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the the Bengals are in the officially the tank for two a bowl. Um, the Seattle Seahawks at the Cleveland Brown. The Seahawks are one-point road favorites. Josh. Uh, I am sticking with my guy, New York Yankees second baseman Russell Wilson. I love how he says that every time. New York Amazing. Yankees. It's, it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, Seahawks played great against the Rams. They were awesome. Uh, it's exactly what I expected. Granted, they got lucky that Legatron missed the kick that he hits nine times out of ten. Dude, I'll tell you but what. The Seahawks. Uh, uh, right now, the MVP of the league is Russell Wilson. Thousand percent. Um, it's not even close. He's got twelve touchdowns, no interceptions. He's playing the best. I, I, again, I've said it a couple times. How? No quarterback is more important to their offense in this league How? than Russell Wilson is to How? the Seattle Seahawks. How did he feed that ball to Lockie in the back of the? Oh zone? my God, that How? was. Because I don't, I've never seen someone better at that throw. Besides Aaron Rodgers, that broken play on the Dude, run, throwing to your left, yeah, like off balance, yeah. and to be that spot on. His feet are always moving, man. It's pretty incredible. Well, he's, he's had to run for his yeah, life the last exactly. three seasons, but he's really figured out how so, to throw throwing a run. This so year. who are you taking in this? Seattle, one? thousand okay. percent. I'm going to take the Browns. Um, no. And this isn't for any other reason other than, uh, I think, again, coming off a divisional win, a big divisional win over the Rams, traveling on the road against a team that just got embarrassed on Monday Night Football. Generally, you bounce back well from that. We've seen the Browns do that once this season with the Ravens when they bounce back and beat them big. Um, the Seahawks' defense is susceptible. I'm still very, very worried about the Browns' head coaching situation. I put very little blame on Baker Mayfield. A lot of it on Freddie Kitchen. Um, I, I put most of it you. on Freddie Kitchen. He's running Mike McCarthy plays on third and three. He's got three receivers within five yards of each other. Makes no sense. You create space. You don't run the ball enough when your offensive line isn't protecting your quarterback. You need to be running the pass. But with that said, um, I think this is going to end up being a shootout, and I think the Browns are going to get the home field advantage and come out on top. Yeah, and uh, I, again, I'm going to take Seattle, and I want to give a big fuck you to Greg Zerline. You cost me $150 last week. <laughs> Asshole. You know the solution is not, On that not, kick. not gambling. Bullshit. I hit the over, <laughs> no problem. You're going to hit a 32-yard fucking chip shot? What's your problem, dog? Come on. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next game, the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are five-point home favorites. Chiefs coming off the first loss of the season to the Colts, where they Pat Mahomes not only got beat up, he was kept on the sideline for the majority of the second Perfect. half. Uh, Perfect Texans fucking come, game plan. Josh, um, did you see the Texans last game? I did. Uh, what happened? They won. How many points did they put up? 53. On who? The Atlanta Falcons. And how many touchdowns did Deshaun Watson throw? 
I don't care. Five. Four. Four. How many did Will Fuller catch? Three. Five touchdowns. Three. Um, he, yeah, I know. Five touchdowns on my bench. Will, Will, <laughs> uh, Will Fuller. They had one of the greatest wide receiver quarterback tandem games in NFL history. Um, so, Josh. Seeing Could you stop rubbing it in? We know the Falcons see, stink. Seeing as uh, I, I have to. Um, seeing as that uh, <laughs> Yo, your team just. This year. I, I, fair. Uh, seeing as your team just lost to this team that's in this game, I want you to pick first. So, Texans, Chiefs, who are you taking? Texans. Texans, really? Okay. Uh, Taylor? And I am going for the second week in a row against the Kansas City Chiefs because they are finally starting to fucking unravel. Yeah, no, they're not unraveling. They're 100% unraveling. unraveling. They lost one game and it's unraveling. The Falcons are unraveling. No, because if, yeah. if you if you watch what's happening, that defense stinks. They and, give up 19 you, points. That defense stinks against the Colts and Jacoby fucking Brissett. They stink. The Texans don't run the ball like the Colts do. They don't have the offensive line that the Colts do. How can you possibly compare the two teams? Kansas City stinks, Dan. They you, fucking is stink. That like Pat Mahomes being overrated. How can you say? I they didn't stink? say Pat Mahomes is overrated. I said that How once. How can you say I, they stink? They have the second best record in the league because they're I the number two seed in the AFC, and you say they stink. What? Because Six they lost in the one, season. Congratulations. They lost Ooh. one game and they stink after Pat Mahomes is playing out of his mind, and the defense hasn't been that. Show terrible. me a championship and show me how you're going to do that against the fucking Pats, and then they'll do that. They're I, not going to fucking with that do part. it. Well, who are the fuck are the Texans that just lost? They've they're been they're fucking three and two. They stink I, too. That does. They can't run the ball. I like the Texans better than the Chiefs. The Chiefs have the second best. Pass rush in the NFL. I don't give a fuck what they have. They're not going to win. Yes, they will. No, they fucking yes, won't. They will. No, they they're won't. They're, say, they're not going to tackle. It's the first time they're in not going to. They are not going to get Deshaun Watson. They are not going to get him. <laughs> they're not going to fucking get him. Because Frank Clark fucking sucks for 105 million dollars. <laughs> Shut the fuck out, up. They're not going to get to him. Deshaun Watson hasn't been sacked less than two times in a game this year, except against the Falcons. They're not going to get him. I'm telling you, they're not going to fucking get him. So when it happens two weeks in a row, you can suck my whole ass. Second best pass rush in the league. The Chiefs have gone 26 games. I have a lot of questions week. for you because you picked the goddamn Colts. I have a lot of questions for you. No, no, I didn't say a lot of questions. That's what I you gave, said last I week. Said, I said I gave you props. I had questions for you back then. I wanted to know. But you're comparing the Colts to the Texans' offensive line. The best offensive line in the league to possibly the worst. Houston, you're basing Texans, this on total bias Houston, against the Chiefs, Texans, and you know yes, this. again. Yeah, because exactly. the Chiefs fucking suck. They don't suck. They suck. They don't suck. It's totally they suck. suck. If you if they suck, then John Elway is the most overrated quarterback in NFL history. Well, that's just not true. Then the, the, neither is your statement. You're making things up. I'm not making things up. It's fine to pick the team, but don't say they stink. They stink. They, how can you say they stink without like looking this. like a wait, total wait, moron? Wait, ready? Like this. They stink. No, they okay. You're saying things that aren't true. I'm saying things that are. This 100% is like true. when you said the Hobbit movies are good. They are good. Josh, comment. No. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you lost. There wait, you go. hold on. Wait, no comment or they're not good. They're not good. <laughs> okay. See, you lost this argument. Sorry, sir. Fuck. You. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Ow! Hit me in the head. <laughs> Ow! Did you get that? Fucking hurt! That <laughs> fucking hurt. We're gonna fucking fucking ice water. <laughs> oh, when he fell in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> fucking hurt! Uh, the next game, the New fucking Orleans. Fucking bar soap! <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Top five funniest <laughs> moment of my life. I was playing life. Xbox with you, and I heard that. Uh, the next game, uh, the New Orleans Saints at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars this are actually game is interesting. The Jaguars man. are actually one point favorites at home. Um, they had a chance to win against the Panthers. They probably shouldn't have. Um, I'm going to take the Saints. I, I love what they're they're opening up with Teddy Bridgewater. They're letting him throw the ball a little more. Their defense is, their pass rush specifically is awesome. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking the Saints in this one. Uh, championship caliber defense against, even though Gardner Minshew really is proving that he can play. Yeah, he's, against, he, he's matter, got moxie, yeah. doesn't really matter. But it's just, the, the team is too good. And they're really, outside of chalk, they really have no one else to throw to, to be honest yeah, with you. No, so, I think it's just going to be, New Orleans going to just, 
lock him down. Yeah, and I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a huge game. Um, he's, he's due, man. He's he's, he's awesome. He's been low key like consistent, but yeah. he hasn't been that. Superstar. And he's been the focal point of the offense, right? But like it's just been it's just been weird like that. But yeah, I got New Joshua. Orleans. Uh, yeah, I want to go with. Uh... With my the number one fantasy receiver on my team, which is DJ Chark, but I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, why would you sit him? That's dude? a bad season. Yeah. Uh, Wait, did you lose this past week in fantasy? Also, I did. So you lost to Jill this time. Uh, no, no, no. This I, I don't know. Some guy I don't know. <laughs> Some I guy. Lose I don't everyone know. in that family. I probably will. <laughs> so, um, who are you? But taking? I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the Saints. Yeah, okay. uh, DJ Chark is the number one receiver on my fantasy team. <laughs> well, he had 36 points last week. Well, fucking Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. combined for fucking nine. I actually just uh, How's uh, Antonio I, I, Brown doing for you. He's no, not. I actually great. I quoted I quoted you in the tweet retweet. I know, if your so fantasy team missed me, bro. I tweeted that to him earlier too. Oh, did you? Yeah. I had no idea that was an accident, but it's still funny. No, it's funnier that you didn't know. I had no. Anyway, yeah. And it would have been just as funny if you knew, and you did it anyway. <laughs> hey, listen, if it makes you feel any better, I did not hit you with an It's October 3rd meme this year. I don't yeah. think you. Richie was texting me when that was going on. He goes, I think Josh got a new number because my messages are going through. I was like, yeah, he did, and I gave him some random number. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. That's awesome. Um, next game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Vikings uh, getting the win over the Giants. Game that was closer than the final score indicated. 100%. Um, Vikings three-point favorites at home. I'm going to take the Eagles. I like what the Eagles are doing right now. Um, they seem to finally be coming in their form. Um, you know, the Jets, while they are offensively inept, they have a very good defense still, and he was able to dance around the pocket very well. Um, yeah, I like the Eagles. I, I still don't. I, the Vikings are going to be one of those win loss teams for me all year. Yeah, uh, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia's defense is starting to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, that uh, what's his name? Fifty five. Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. Brandon awesome. Graham had a Adam, really great Adam. game. He's really good. Madden, and Madden Ultimate Team Player of the Week. Should, defense should be man. He fucking killed mm-hmm. last week. Uh, but to be yeah, I think the Eagles are just a better team. Minnesota again, like you said, is going to be a lot of peaks and valleys. Yeah, and I mean, Kirk Cousins. Gonna have a week where he well, looks like a bum, and the next week he's gonna look like he's solid. Well, he looks he looked he looked great against yeah. a really bad Giants sure. team. Now, if he plays half like that, it makes it interesting. But I still think Philadelphia pulls this out. Josh, uh, yeah, I'm going to Eagles too. I just think that they've been playing really well. The, the last Eagles, weeks. yeah, they're they're getting hot as the Eagles or the Cowboys are going cold. Rather. Yep, very cold. Uh, next game, this is the Tank Bowl. Is it? The Washington Redskins at the Miami Dolphins. The Redskins, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, coming off firing their head coach, Jay Gruden, after trying to sabotage him in the media Thousand by releasing percent. old pictures. Jay Gruden, who I actually think is a decent coach, probably a better coordinator than a head coach, but uh, he did some decent things in Washington. He was there in a six long time, Six dude. seasons, six Damn, seasons. Yeah, was there a while. Um, yeah, I'm going to take my Dolphins. I think that um, coming off their bye week, uh, a couple adjustments, another week for Josh Rosen, who started playing decently to figure it out. They're, I, I do this with zero confidence, and it's probably the one time this year that I can actually feel maybe not zero confidence, like .52 level of confidence all season for them, maybe when they play the Bengals as well. Um, but they went back to Case Keenum, who was doing okay. They have The Redskins do have a decent defensive line. They get to the quarterback. As I said, they got to Tom Brady four times, and the Dolphins' offensive line isn't very good. But I think there's going to be at least one game this year where the Dolphins, in there probably be a couple games where for four quarters they play decently. Because they've actually, the last two weeks, played really well in the first half before falling apart in the second half against good teams. This is a bad team. I think they're going to win by a field goal. Uh, I have Miami. I really think Miami's going to win this game. Um, I think if they're going to any have any opportunity to win any games, it's, it's against a team like this. Yeah. Um, Zero confidence. Simple. I have this much more confidence than you do. Big game from Devontae Parker and a big I game from that. tight end Mike Gizeki. Uh, I, is Jakeem Grant not hurt? He's iffy. He's iffy. But Devontae actually played pretty well this year. If Jakeem Grant is healthy, he's going to have a big day. All right, Josh? Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins off of just them being the home team. 
I okay. Mean, both of these teams are garbage. Yeah, that oh, garbage, garbage is an understatement. An insult to garbage. It's being very um, nice to garbage. Yeah. The next game, the undefeated San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams three and a half point favorites. Taylor. Uh, oh, 100% going to go with the Rams. Um, I really think that San Francisco is going to come back down to earth. They are sure. playing out of their they're fucking not gonna go minds. Low, yeah. No, they're out of their minds right now. And if it's any team they're going to lose to, it's going to be the Rams. And they also just lost their fullback for four to six weeks. And that stocks use check is a great he's player. He's an incredible fullback. Um, he's the highest paid fullback in NFL history. My, he's the last of a dying breed. For my money, that the Rams are going to come out pissed the fuck off uh, this coming week. So uh, for that reason, I got the Rams. Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams too. Yeah, and uh, I'm also taking the Rams for exactly what you said. Um, it's good. I find it really hard to believe the Rams are going to lose three straight games. Dude, they had a great second half adjustment. They yeah. really fix, um, figured it out. I, in the I still half. have major, major concerns about the use of Todd Gurley, as in he's not being used enough. I understand he's got the arthritic knee, but that also tells me that you're not going to have him for very long. So you might as well wear him the fuck down now while you have it, because when he's on there, when he's playing, he looks good. He's making hard runs, but he's wearing down in the second half. He's only going to wear down as the season gets colder. This is the kind of game that you have to win. Yeah. You know, you're facing the best team in your division. Um, you got the Seahawks who are also playing really well. You can't lose this game. Nope. You need to wear him into the ground this game. I think they're going to. I think he's going to get at least 30 touches between um, carries and receiving. Also because San Francisco's defense like, is, is a very good defense. It's a defense. very good defense. So, like, and it's a very well-coached team. Not only... Will you go in and you beat a four and or yeah four and O team or a five and O team yeah. right now? Give them their first loss of the season. You make a statement to the rest of the NFC that we're not fucking around and yeah. it's and it's it's been tight games throughout. You yeah. know you got to make a statement that Todd Gurley is really the, the MVP. Yeah, four and O because they had their bye week two weeks ago. Yeah, I was but, gonna say um, you yeah, gotta, it's a statement. You need game. Your, your game to go through Todd Gurley because you need to keep uh, the 49ers on the sideline. You know for all the hype about people like getting excited about preseason. Remember how bad of a preseason Jimmy Garoppolo had and now look at him. So again, shove preseason up your ass. Um, yeah, I think the Rams, <laughs> there's no way that a team like them with the pedigree they've had, th- this is this is a very important game because they're going to be in danger of missing the playoffs for the first time in the last two years. If they, This is the kind of game that can make or break their season. So for that reason, I think they're going to hand the 49ers their first loss. Yep. Um, the Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals. Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Cardinals. They got their first win of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray's young NFL careers. Josh, your team, your pick. Uh, okay, so first of all, I want to give a little bit of fantasy advice. If you have this guy on your team, absolutely go ahead and start him because number 11 is going to have a huge week this week, and that number 11 is Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, swerve. That was good. Hard. That was good. Swerve Cardinals so hard. I have zero confidence in Dan Quinn and this Atlanta Falcons team. How can you have this level? Level of talent and win one game this far into the season. Um, go fuck I, yourselves. I also want to go on record and say go fuck yourselves. The most overrated defensive player in the league is Vic Beasley. Uh, he's only had one good year. Yeah. Let's be fair. I actually think he's a guy that if when he goes to another team after this season, wow. which he will, mm-hmm. he he's gonna play better under a different coach. Gotta oh, yeah. be honest, haven't thought about that. And yeah, you're 100 percent right. He, dude, he's only had one double digit sack season. It was their Super Bowl year when mm-hmm. he had 15 and a half, and I think nine of those were in the first like seven games of the season. Yeah, he so went nuts. Three of the, four of them actually were against the Rams in it, one fucking game. Exactly. So he he's been very inconsistent. Um, he's not great against the run either. Um, but I think he's the kind of guy, if you put him with the right team, he'll figure it out because he's so physically gifted. But with that said, I'm actually going to take the Falcons here. I think that they're still able to score points at a level of consistency that Kyler Murray is not at yet. The, he hasn't been bad, but he's been extremely inconsistent, which you expect from a rookie. You either expect inconsistency or just to be bad for most rookies. He's been inconsistent. Um, he's had trouble on third down, which is a big po- part of it. And third down, uh, running quarterbacks generally struggle on passing on third down, and third and five or longer usually. Correct. 
Correct. Um, so I think the Falcons are going to be able to put up a decent amount of points against a porous Cardinals defense, and I think they're going to able they're going to keep Dan Quinn's job for at least one more week. At least one more yeah. week. Um, this is like a hard one to pick. It's because, a very like, difficult one because, because I'm not like, trying to give the Falcons credit. Because like because like because <laughs> like every time I pick Atlanta, it fuck me. Every yeah, time no, I pick no, against Atlanta, it fuck me. So like I okay, I'm going to pick Arizona. Because I picked Arizona last week when they were plus three, and they and they pulled through Another big time two and a half. on my parlay. So thank you, dude. Okay. Uh, so, so for that reason only, Arizona. Okay. Uh, next game: Dallas Cowboys at the New York Jets. Dallas uh, Cowboys, uh, seven and a half point road Ugh. favorites. Um, just a little tidbit of information: In Adam Gaze's last seven games as a head coach, his team he put, still stinks. His, his teams have put up a combined in the last seven games a combined. Four offensive touchdowns. Bro, this Adam is QB is garbage. Now, uh, the, uh, he should be fired based off this last week for one reason. They knew Sam Darnold wasn't going to be able to play. He was cleared to practice, but no contact. He gave Luke Falk zero reps with Idiot. the first-team offensive Idiot. practice. And then he comes out for the game, and you wonder why he's struggling. No shit stupid. Um, with that said, the Cowboys, having lost two in a row now, uh, coming back down to earth, they finally get to play another soft part of their schedule like they started out with. They started out with the Redskins, Giants, Dolphins. Now they get a team that's just as bad as those teams, if just not like, worse. Um, they are getting Sam Darnold back, which should give the offense a little bit of a boost. It helps. But the Cowboys' defense is due to play better. They were like, absolutely destroyed by the Packers, and I don't expect that to happen to them very often this season. So with this one, I'm going to take the Cowboys on the road. I have the Cowboys, too. Uh, I think last week not was not a fluke. I think it was a testament to how good Green Bay really is and yeah, how dumb I, I look saying they stunk. Um, hey, to be fair, I said I thought they were better than you said, but I didn't have them as this good yet. No, I thought no their de- way. I thought their defense was underrated. Yeah. But you got to give Matt LaFleur major credit to the Packers so, for improving their offensive line. And uh, and if you look at it still, the week before that, when they two weeks in a row they played two championship caliber sure. defenses, they only lost by two points to the yep. Saints. Mm-hmm. So I think this cow- it's it's not the time to hit the panic button on Dallas just yet. Um, but for coming coming off two hard losses, going into New York, an easy not terrible place to play against a really bad team. But a, this, a decent defense in the Cowboys. You need defense. Dak to be better. Dak needs to be better for sure. sure. I mean, you need to push the ball down the field a yep. little bit more. But that, but, but that being said, this is a game where they're going to get back on track and kind of fix those yeah. wrongs. Well, we also know the Cowboys can beat the bad teams. We've seen it easy. Now. So they I, can I also compete with the good teams. Yeah, they can. They compete. have to win exactly. against the good teams. Josh, uh, Cowboys. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. Um, next game, the Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. Tennessee Titans officially get the title this season of the most inconsistent team in the league. For real. They come off a really good win against the Falcons and followed up with only putting up seven points at home against the Buffalo. A good Bills team. Don't get me wrong, a good Bills yeah, team. Bills but at home, you should be able to be putting up more than seven points. Yeah, the Bills are 5-1, and one, dude. What the four fuck? 4-1. and one. We're on week six. They couldn't have played six sorry, games. Sorry, 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 Four one. But you know, you're, you're still, they're only one They've only lost one game to like, the Patriots, and they could have won if six Josh points. Allen hadn't gotten hurt. Um, but with that said, the Broncos coming off their first win, the first win for Vic Fangio's head coach, uh, good divisional win that was probably closer than it should have been. Should have been mm-hmm. um, with the way Philip Rivers played. You should have probably won by more, but they won nonetheless. I'm going to take the Broncos at home. Um, I think their defense is kind of, even though they're not getting to the quarterback, which is so weird that Vic Fangio's defenses are. Well, I still don't know why um, Von Miller's dropping back into coverage so much. It's very, very strange. See, he's got the least amount of pass rush attempts uh, at this point in the season in his career. So last week when they let the, when they said Von. 
go get the quarterback. He had he had the best game of, of yeah. The he got a lot so of hurries. Far. He got hurries, which should well, be attributed. See, to him. He, you know why? Because Bradley, because they wanted Bradley Chubb to be that guy. Sure. Because Bradley Chubb can't really go back in the coverage now. Now that he's gone for the season, you they're like, all right, Vaughn's got does best. Vaughn's got to be the guy. And you're which, facing a terrible Titans defense, which offensive line been. now. Yeah. Now on top of that, with the the looming threat of there being a fire sale, which I believe there should be, regardless win or lose, um, for draft picks, because you really have to tear this. You need to at least down. get mid tier picks for everyone. Because we got it's going to be really hard to get first round picks for each of those guys because they're mm-hmm. older and some of them not under contract. Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Harris, yeah. Von Miller's untouchable. But for this game, it's hard because I've been picking. I, I pick. I, I pick Denver. They stink. I pick against Denver. They look fucking great and they feed Philip Lindsay for thirty fantasy points mm-hmm. on my bench. Mm-hmm. Thanks, dude. And listen. This is a this is a game they have to win. This is a game they should win, and this is a game that you have to just. I don't know why this fucking Scran Gill just doesn't understand that Philip Lindsay and Cortland Sutton are the keys to winning this yeah, game right now. Yeah, and that's surprising considering I thought Vic Fangio would be a guy that's really trying to pound the rock and, and he's you know, not ball control. It's amazing to me. Yeah, again, I said he's been in the NFL since 1986. There might be a reason he hasn't been a head coach yet. Now, it makes me a little worried. I'm picking Denver. Um, let's forget the points for a second. Even though I don't like the two and a half, that's a weird line to look at. The the biggest thing to look at in this game, Derrick Henry against our dog shit linebackers. Dog <laughs> yeah. shit. Josie yeah, Jewell, played really well. Todd Davis. Fucking who? Todd Davis doesn't even sound like a real person. He's like, I don't like that name. But like. He stinks. If your name's Davis in the NFL, it has to be Vontae or Vernon. Listen, do you really think Derrick Henry is going to get tackled by Kareem Jackson? No. So, listen, once. that's the part that scares me the most. But uh, for my money, Denver should win this. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take the Titans. I feel like they'll bounce back. I mean, that's kind of what their MO is. And that's yeah, what I, I know. said about and them that's coming in. That's why I don't like it, dude. I agree with well, you. Well, yeah, because you never know. Like, they're win-loss, win-loss, they're so, win-loss. But yeah. they're so inconsistent. Yeah, I which is it. why they, they're a team that needs to do what the Dolphins are doing. Because this is what they've been since Jeff Fisher. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Literally, they have they every every like ten years they have one really good year and then they lose in the first round of what, the playoffs. What they have like the thirteen and three with Kerry Collins, yeah, Kerry Collins, yep, and fucking CJ two K, yep. Um, next game, Sunday night game, Pittsburgh Steelers on their third string quarterback after Mason Rudolph took one of the worst hits I've ever seen in my life against the Los Angeles Chargers who lost so, to the Broncos. So before we pick, can I just say wholeheartedly to NFL and everyone who works on the sideline medical staff, the fact that you made this kid get walk off, regardless of the fact that the cart wasn't working, whatever you say, the fact that you made this kid have to walk off the field. Did you hear that the cart was working? It was operator error. <laughs> the fact that you made this kid walk off the field when you have major concussion but issues But he said he wanted CTEs. to walk off on his own. Yeah, congratulations. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, it doesn't matter. That. It doesn't fucking... You, you saw it. He had no idea where the fuck he was on wobbly that legs. That was as bad a Listen, hit as I've seen. Shame on you. NFL, shame on you, driver, shouldn't have a fucking driver's license for not being... That kid was so hurt. It Dude, was he, the he second. Got, he got knocked out, and then he hit his head like a He's, fucking rock. It looked like a UFC knockout with it, the way he slammed. It, it reminded so me hard. of uh, Rich Franklin, Nate Quarry, the way he fell. Uh, That's exactly what it reminded me of. I hear that of. sound in my head um, after you said that. All right, that. so who are you taking in Steelers Chargers? Steelers Chargers? Yeah. Chargers. Chargers at home. I'm taking the Chargers. I, I think Josh, the Steelers just can't get over that third-string quarterback. Even yeah, though Hodges it, played well, man. He did, but you know what? I'm, all I see, every Steelers loss, is that draft pick climbing That's up the saying, board. Right, yeah. I'm just seeing that draft pick. You're Good, bro. If we don't get Tua, I will take Herbert. I will take Love. I'll take Fromm. I like all the quarterbacks. I in would this take draft. Fromm. Fromm looks I nice. I like all of them, but Tua is looking so nice right now. He is looking beautiful. He's looking so much better than Lawrence. What the fuck is happening to Lawrence this well, year? Did everyone told everyone said this kid was generational after seeing one game, and it's it's fucking.
fucking you can't do that to kids. Game. Not, well, it, they, no one knew who he was until the national. T- they didn't see him until that playoff run. Is Wait, what I mean. What are you talking about? Are you talking about Tua or Lawrence? Lawrence, I'm talking. Lawrence about. played the whole season last year. I know, but I'm saying he didn't become the guy that said is the generational quarterback until the title game, the playoff championship well, game last he play, year. Because yeah, he played well, Alabama. Alabama and he, he was and like Tua a played, didn't even play bad in that game. Hurt. He wasn't bad. Was a great Clemson defense. Yeah, great, and he was hurt. He also came in at halftime yeah. in the last one. Exactly. For my money, Jalen Hurts, um, Heisman Trophy winner. Okay. Uh, Monday night game, the Detroit Lions, the underrated Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Very. Packers. Packers four and a half point favorites. Packers. I think the Packers are going to make a statement. Um, I think the Lions will play tough early on, but I think the Packers realizing that, you know, they, they lost an NFC game a couple weeks ago to the, the Eagles, that this is their chance to put down a division rival that's right on their heels, a good division rival mm-hmm. nonetheless, that's been playing well, that they can make another statement. They've already beaten the Vikings to get off a 2-0 and start in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take the Packers as well. And yeah. you said the Packers? I, I got the Packers. Um I love Carryon Johnson. Yeah, but he's awesome. But just, he, needs, he needs more touches too. You he need doesn't more. get enough. No, you need more. It's just you need more all around. Joshua, I am going with the Packers as well. Okay, so we're all taking the Packers. Um, so we have a few different this week. It looks like there's only uh, actually a bunch of we have the same on uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm trying eight, not to get a tattoo. Nine. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. I'm going to get a tattoo tomorrow. But like, what I are you was, getting? Uh, I'm just going to get the Day Seeker logo, probably okay. right here. Okay. Just something. I just want something small. Okay. You go to you my place? Fucking asked. Uh, no, they don't take walk-ins. Oh, okay. So uh, some other place me and Kate are going. So. Okay. So this was um, episode 72 hey, of You hey, Watch, I hey, Listen. Hey, hey, Oh, wait. You have bets that you have to uh, I just, I just hype. Have, I just have one parlay. Sure. Um, but I do want to say. And by the way, the parlay he gave last week hit. So if you went on BetDSI and signed up using promo code YWIL and made your first deposit for the 100% bonus match, you would have won a lot of fucking money. So, let me, so just to go over what I said last week, because a lot of people called me fucking stupid. I said I wanted the Cardinals plus three and a half, right? Bad hit. I wanted the Ravens money line. Gave me some a lot of agita, but it worked out. Uh, the Bills plus three and the Pats money line. Now, that hit, $100 would have won you close to 1000 um, on a four-team straight-up parlay with just taking those lines. Um, if you were feeling froggy and you ended up putting the Broncos plus six or the Packers plus three, you would have walked away with a shit ton of money. Now... For this week, my parlay is pretty simple. It's a lot more sketchy, and I'll tell you why. I have the Eagles plus two and a half. I really like that line, especially against Minnesota, because they are technically the underdogs. I do like that line. Um, I have the Ravens, actually, minus 11. 11 to 11 and a half. Um, that one scares me the most, but against that defense, yeah. it Lamar Jackson could put up another 50-burger, to be very honest with For you. Sure. Uh, Giants. Are you playing the Dolphins again? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Dude. Yeah, he exactly. Could. Um, now, for the, 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 the Giants-Pats, the over, 42-and-a-half. Smash. Smash that fucking And over. where should they smash that over? You should smash it over at BetDSI.com. Now, the last one for the, the finish, the four-team Seahawks, one-point uh, 1. underdog. They're going to win. So your plus so your your plus one doesn't mean dick because if they who's gonna stay within one point? Right? They, I mean point. like they won by one point, but that doesn't happen all the time. But they're gonna win. So everything's fine. So, right, so that comment hundred dollars yes. is gonna win you eleven hundred. Do that shit. All right. And this was episode 72. You watch, I listen. Uh, thank you to our guest, uh, Jack Posobiec of One American News Network. Uh, go to his Indiegogo. Um, that's agent, uh, Indiegogo.com slash Agent Pozo. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, thank you to BetDSI again. Promo code YWIL. YWIL BetDSI. Um, get your 100% bonus match when you make your first deposit. And we will see you motherfuckers next week. Peace. Later.